Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I don't like blood and guts, but I love them when they're lengthily discussed. It's a lovely winter's day here in sunny California where the temperature, I think, might be getting into the 80s today. A, a balmy 80s? Uh, yeah. No, I, I think like a cool and pleasant yeah. uh, 80s. And I'm, I'm debating here, Gorley, do I keep the shades on? I don't think I need them because we're oh, in yeah. shade. That's right. I mean, double shade is virtual blindness. <laughs> so I'll put on my regular glasses, yeah. my classics. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Now, all professional podcasts start with uh, one of the co-hosts talking about their glasses situation, right? Yeah, it's unprofessional if no one does or if both people do. But if one person does it, you know you're talking, well, I mean, Spotify's coming after us for $100 million because we're a professional podcast. Yeah, well, and also there's been a a debate about where we fall on the sunglasses pro or anti-sunglasses thing. And I guess you know where we fall. I. And where we fall on the hero spectrum, too, it's all there. It's been a glorious time. <laughs> well, this is with Gorley and Rust. My name's Matt Gorley. Hey, my name's Paul Rust. This is the show where we take usually horror films, often slasher films, mm-hmm. sometimes thrillers, and mm-hmm. then maybe even a weird little oddity. Oh, and well dis- said. Just that alone. Thank Perfectly you. Perfectly said. Discuss it at length, <laughs> at our own pace, often outside, mm-hmm. in a cozy environmental atmosphere, We've got a Patreon at patreon.com slash with Gorley and Russ, where you get feature length, full commentary yes. episodes, mailbag episodes, sometimes some bonus draft Ooh. episodes. All kinds of fun. We've got Halloween 3 coming up for the commentary. Oh, boy. As of this recording, a mailbag will be out tomorrow, but as of you listening, it will have been out Tuesday. Beautiful. And uh, that's Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, right? That's right. There's winter, spring, summer, fall, and witch. Now, when Halloween Ends comes out, uh-huh. that will kind of be the first part three in the inner kind of uh, 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 like possible trilogies that could have existed in Halloween. Right, yeah. And it it always got broken up. Yeah. With four and five. And maybe there's a little bit of because the... 
character Daniel Harris plays is the one who gives birth to the the beginning of Halloween yeah. Six. I not. think of Six as a spiritual threequel, but not. Yes. Yeah, there's something unofficial about it. And then it, the Halloween H two O into Resurrection doesn't really get a full trilogy completion. Yeah. So given that Halloween three season, the witch infamously or um, beautifully doesn't <laughs> include Michael Myers, this is the first. True. This is big. Yeah. And speaking of inclusion, all signs point to us having the Halloween in Myers We Trust series here around Halloween. Fun. Uh, let's uh, fingers crossed. If it doesn't happen, it's not for lack of us trying, but technically yeah. and theoretically that should be the case. Um um uh uh what's the exact type of knife? Michael uses uh, a to kill kitchen butcher knife, kitchen yeah. knife. I think kitchen knives crossed. <laughs> we'll we'll be able to have them all. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a that's great news. And I guess it's apropos that we'd be discussing Halloween in some element because there's a a, a clear and uh, very funny Halloween shout out in oh, the new yeah. screen movie. Yeah. About how doesn't this all sound kind of like the Halloween movies? This is, I mean, this is it. We're here to discuss Scream 2022. First, let's do a little bit of business. Yes. And that is just to read some baby xenomorph names. Now, what this is, is if you're a subscriber on Patreon and you subscribe at the top level, baby xenomorph, (laughs) xenomorph, You get to have your name read, but because Patreon is a strange jungle to wade wade through, you don't wade through a jungle. Wander through. Strange Uh, river to wade. It's hard to tell. Is there a song called Wade Through the Jungle? Yeah. Wading through the, wading through the jungle. jungle. Anyway, if you're a baby xenomorph and you haven't had your name read, email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com and we'll make sure that it happens. Oh, you're on top of it. Here's just a, just a short handful of these people. Ross McCarthy. Um, I'm just also checking if there's anything else I need to know. I think that's it. Justin Blair. Angela Sagiomo. Um, also, she says her lovely mother-in-law is Lori Metcalf. Whoa! And as a Scream fan, she asked her about her experience. She said she doesn't much remember that about it. For a woman that can memorize an entire play in one week, she truly does not have a great memory for anything else, a fact she would readily admit. But she does remember a kind of freaky exchange with the FX guys on set. First of all, they had to pause shooting because they did not check the auditorium in the gym before turning on the smoke machines under the stage, and the dude under there passed out and had to be taken out. Secondly, the guy that secured the squib on her forehead finished up, then paused, looked at it, and said, I'm pretty sure I put that on in the right direction. More to himself than her... She said it really freaked her out, and she was convinced it was going to blow back into her head instead. Thought you might enjoy that fact after the squib praise in the episode. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Thank you for that. Yes, thank you, Angela. Amy Husky. 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 And finally, Ryan Kohler. That's great. Hey, for the Scream fans who are listening to this alone, what a nice scoop about Scream 2. I know, huh? And, Gorley, you must be in heaven with that inside scoop on a squib. Oh. A squib scoop? Any any inside squib scoop. <laughs> Forget about it. They should just have a half-hour syndicated program that runs around when Entertainment Tonight 
does that's like squib scoop and it's <laughs> the daily scoop about squibs do you know how much as a kid i would have like turned on the tv sat down cross-legged style with my head like chin in my palms just waiting for that squib scoop <laughs> your little feet kicking oh yeah that would have been heaven i uh, i would try to do that when i was a kid I'd get into it, and even as an adult, it'll happen sometimes when I'm on a bed. I'd be like, I'm kind of tired of laying on my back, re- looking at my phone. What if I change things up and go on my tummy and kind of prop my arms up and look at it? And it, immediately, the first like um, 10 seconds, I'm like, why don't I do this all the time? It feels so good. And then a minute later, I'm like, oh, I remember why I get uncomfortable really quickly. Yeah. My we're, neck and my elbows. We're uh, going through this with our daughter, Glenn, and she's doing what's called tummy time where she, you know, yes. has to hold her head up. And she just loves it for about 60 seconds. And then it's just. Oh, my God. That's exactly ah. what grownups go through. That's our own yeah. tummy time. Yeah. But uh, but uh, she's getting the hang of the the tummy type. Yeah, she's uh, just about to roll. I can tell you, it's coming any minute. It's a that'll be a very exciting time. <sighs> well, the rolls, the come the scoots. Oh, and with she the scoots come yeah. the crawl. She's scooching already on her back. She's like, it's almost like she's doing the backstroke in a pool on the floor across the room. She can scooch. Oh wow! Yeah, That's she's great. a scooch, real scooch. Um. I had a friend uh, who had a child before me was like describing as like when those moments happen, it's like surreal because it's like, I always knew this had to happen (laughs) and was going to happen, but it's still like, is a weird, it's like, yes, the stage is happening and it's crazy that it's, yeah, yeah, it is. That's really well put. I, you know, logically it's coming, but you can't reconcile it when you see it. Because it just means, oh, everything before that is now gone. Like, yeah, you'll never not scooch. Right. Never not scooch. <laughs> One of the earliest podcasts. And hilarious. I mean, uh, there's a reason why it's still on to this day. Never not scooch is hilarious. <laughs> well, Shout out to Jimmy Pardo. Oh, that's I love a, him. That's what we were alluding to. Now, this is our last of the Scream series. Oh, by the way, did you see they greenlit uh, a sequel? I did, to baby. This? And I ran right upstairs to my wife and said, Leslie, they greenlit a Scream 6. And she was like, yes! We were both so stoked. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, very quick schedule. Similar, I mean, if if this is a, yeah. an homage to the shooting schedule of the original Scream movies. Everything, like it's such a meta homage the way that this is happening. But that means that this is the end of this little mini season of Scream movies with right. a little scary movie thrown in there. Then we've announced we're coming back with a whole Stephen King series of 10 episodes Woo. coming out March 4th. That's right. On Patreon. Oh, uh, uh, February 4th. No. March 4th. Could you, or we can leave that in, me being a dummy. That's fine. <laughs> I find it endearing. I don't think you're being a dummy. You know what messed me up? What? Was not having a leap year or having a leap year, whichever and, one it was. In your defense, I've usually got a full length <laughs> calendar and chart out here for us to reference at all times. Well, With Will, that. honestly, it's Will's job. Yeah, we'll uh, usually set up the chart. He's dropped the ball a lot because he's all on his Oscar promotional tour for King Richard. And we knew 
that this was going to, I mean, Will, to his credit, gave us a heads up. He was like, for your consideration campaign for King Richard yeah. is coming up, I'm not going to be as on top of things. And we said, that's fine. But well, we uh, didn't know it would be this bad. We thought we'd have the chart set up with the calendars yeah. on it. Yeah, at least it's okay, Will. Uh, this is the first time we've recorded without the mimosas he usually makes us too. Yeah, usually we're a little more loosened up. Yeah. So oh. anyway, if you feel any stiffness in us, we apologize. It's Will Smith's fault. So that we're not ankle deep in mimosas, right? Yeah. Now. We'll be back on the fourth. Stay tuned. At the end of this episode, we will announce the the movies we're going to cover in the Stephen King. Now, we don't know what they are for each other. That's right. You're saying at the end of this. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then, so this will be on the 4th, so I would like to make an announcement. By by that time, the the Townland album will have been (gasps) released. Hey, I was going to ask about this. Yeah, when's it come out, buddy? It's coming out the 22nd on all the streaming services, but you can get it early, the 15th on Bandcamp, and I'll throw a song at the end of this episode (sighs) to- uh, Fantastic. Now, we've put little teasers before of both Don't Stop or We'll Die and Townland's songs none of those had been mixed or mastered now we're talking mixed and mastered versions mixed and mastered mixed or maxter (laughs) um so i don't know i don't know what song to put i could put the full length version of the music from this theme song that's a song there's the song to bob rochelle which i forgot i have a bob rochelle update oh Oh, whoa, two. You got hit me with two things. There's a Bob Rochelle song and a Bob Rochelle update. I also have a song called Disco Volante that sounds like it's a James Bond reference, but it's really more about Michael Myers. So I don't know what to put up, but it'll be one of those. They all probably. sound like a deuce. Yeah. But check this out. Oh, Paul, I've been waiting. I didn't even say this on the mailbag because I wanted this to be on a full episode. Oh, my God. Okay. And then one thing. February, that's February 15th where people can when people can get the album. Bandcamp. And then so a February... little post self-romance after Valentine's Day is buying yourself yes. the Townland yeah. album. And 20 seconds on the streaming services and then vinyl coming this summer. Vinyl, right on. Um, so, so b- b- yes. Rochelle, sorry. Okay, if anybody's just tuning in for the Scream franchise, I've been uh, mildly but unhealthily obsessed with a stuntman from the Universal Studios cowboy show from most of the 80s is when it existed. Yeah, when do you think we really kind of started a... Because <laughs> I love it. It's All deep the in the middle updates. of quarantine when I think I got lost. Was it maybe like when we were doing our 10 personal... Single pick. I might have been. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And this guy, to me, is like, he's a stuntman, but he was the comic relief in the show. To me, as a kid, it was an awakening for me where I just saw, like, you can do that? Oh, my God. It was it was amazing. Your first time probably seeing live performance that was genuinely funny? Yeah, probably. Like before you saw stand-up or Mm -hmm. improv or... Yeah, I think that's probably right. And I always remembered this guy. And then I found, it just popped up on YouTube, a video of that show from the 80s and there he was because other people play the parts yeah but he was the main comic guy and he was committed you said like oh. everybody else was kind of like i'm a stuntman who's yeah. got to do sketches here or whatever yeah. and bob rochelle was delivering on both yeah and so then i went down a rabbit hole i wanted to know more about him found rochelle out he, the let's rochelle yeah. <laughs> let's let's be honest here a whole shell whole shell <laughs> i don't know he passed away in 2008 Unfortunately. And so I was just like, well, I'll never really get to know much about him. Come to like, I've commented on certain stuntmen who have posted videos and 
every time I'm like, wow, he's funny. What happened to him? Can you tell me more? And every time their response is always like, yeah, he was funny, but you know who else was funny was this guy and this guy. And I, I just didn't feel like prying. Anyway, I put up a video for the Patreon about Bob getting double side squibbed because I referenced it once on this yes. podcast and I put it up on the Patreon. I saw that. But I couldn't find a clip of it anywhere. So I had to just film it with my iPhone, put it on YouTube, then link it to the Patreon. So on my YouTube channel, which I barely use and is good for nothing, is just this clip of Bob Rochelle from the movie Real oh, Bullets getting double sided squibbed. Clip. Yeah, with the side squibs. Then out of nowhere, like a week ago, I get a notification that there's a comment on there that says, Matt, Bob Rochelle is my stepdad, and you and I went to high school together. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> okay. I commented back two or three times and have not heard back from this person, and now I'm worried I'm being catfished. I was going to say, you're not being <laughs> Rochelle-fished. But I, I'm i like, I her name sounds vaguely familiar. She's also got a YouTube thing of her own, so she seems like a real person person i mean it's a person went to some effort if they wanted to catfish me i don't understand matt how we've been able for me to come back here for us to have a conversation (laughs) off mic for us to start the show talk about scream 2000 whatever with and yet you were just shaking to your core (laughs) shaking i was shaking and ghost white (laughs) because i kept going to amanda like when is she gonna comment back when is she i want to know Kimberly Vargas, if you're out there, write me back. must be entirely upended because it's, oh my God, Rochelle, the Rochelle connection was with me all along. I know. And I, my yearbooks have been destroyed, so I can't fully confirm that. destroyed? I, water damage in a garage. Oh, not, you did like, in a fit of. I lit him on fire. <laughs> so maybe I could go on like classmates and look up my old yearbooks or something and try to find her and confirm that she did. The name sounds familiar. I don't I asked her what he would class be the best stepdad. In the I would world. hope. I hope she said was her stepdad. Now, I don't know if that means because he's passed away or didn't continue to be. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I, uh, I just. It's, it's interesting because you get answers, but in some ways the mystery only deepens. Exactly. Yeah. Every time it's one step forward, two steps back, it's more more questions than answers. You'll but this is a good breadcrumb. Yeah. You're you're getting closer to the truth. Um It's so close because also, you know, I think I mentioned on here that my mother in law went to high school with him and I showed her a picture of him and she says, I don't remember him. And it's almost like she didn't even look at it. And I like, could you not consider just a little, just look a little deeper? Have you seen this child? <laughs> oh, yeah. I said you were like Jake uh, Gyllenhaal in Zodiac. Yes. Where he's like, just say it was him. It wasn't him. Say it. Let my obsession end. Oh, my God. Um, well, this can only end with uh, the ghost of Bob Rochelle coming and sitting down on this podcast. God, I hope so. For an interview. Will, are you good for nothing? Make this happen. Okay, so. That's really, I love that yeah. update. Whew. Hopefully there'll be more by the next time. It'll be three weeks when we next talk to you. Unless you're on Patreon, you'll hear right. more. But Seeing the word uh, update and how it was exciting. I don't know if you were an avid viewer of uh, 
um, Unsolved Mysteries. No, I wasn't, but I'm, um, like, I'm intrigued for sure. Where's this headed? I love Unsolved Mysteries because whether it was true crime or paranormal stuff, having Robert Stack in like a foggy yeah. alleyway could do a, worse. in a trench coat set it up. Terrifying Halloween esque uh, score music, yeah, uh, is the theme music for Unsolved Mysteries. I remember that. Um, and the reenactments are just choice. Uh, but when they would do a true crime one, and you would be watching it in rerun, I get the same feeling when you'd watch a TV movie that was like about based on a true story, and at the end they would like pause, and then the text would come up, and yeah. be like, "Now they're doing this." It would always make me go like shudder, <laughs> like. You'd watch it on some mysteries. They would be like, and so and so is still at large. It'd fade, and then it'd fade back up and be like, update. Uh, <laughs> would it and say it, or that was just the text? The, you, it'd be and then text and Robert Stack update. <laughs> You're like, ah, ah. but it'd also be satisfying. Yeah, that meant the person got caught, right? But the presentation, it was kind of like, hey, uh, it's Robert Stack, Stinger, like post credits. Thriller stinger. Jump yeah. Scare. Yeah. Just warm me up. Did Unsolved Mysteries invent the post-credits st- Almost certainly. <laughs> uh, no, well, you know, Kevin Feige yeah. openly says it was because uh, he liked Ferris Bueller's Day Off and how they did it. Oh. And he was like, oh, couldn't we do that with some Marvel Wait, movies? Wait, but did Kevin Feige really bring it back? I think it existed other times, yeah. but I think as a hard... yeah. Um. Well, monster squirrel. Wow! Oh, squirrel which chase. Which is funny because oh, look at those monster squirrels! Oh squirrel my gosh! Chase. And so bold I guys know. running by so flagrantly. Squirrel chase today's just got an ex- excitement. <laughs> yes, even the squirrels feel it. <laughs> With scream, I when my wife and I were leaving the theater, I walked out uh, as we were walking out. I was walking out as the credits were running and I saw people sitting and I was like, I don't think Scream 2022 is going to do me like that. I don't think they're going to do a post credit. No, because they also do those little curtain call yes. things yeah. that they kept in. Yeah. yeah. So saw that and then yeah. left and I, I assumed there right. wasn't a post credit. No, I bet there wasn't. I bet everybody in the theater was like, that guy was fucking cool. Oh my God. He and had the I confidence. Heard he could swallow aspirin without a glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> that guy can carry coffee cups with no liquid in them. <laughs> what was the other thing? I think the most embarrassing thing I've shared is that when we talked about the first screen movie, how I was wearing a t-shirt uh, of the scream, the painting. Oh, I, did you say that? I think so. And then, uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. That's wonderful. And, and that's fine. That I'm okay with that embarrassing detail being out there that on my first day moving in, in college, I thought this was going to be cool. Yeah. The more embarrassing detail I shared, I was like, it, and I met a girl and she liked me. <laughs> Dude. And now I'm bringing it up again. What's wrong with me? Oh, come on. That's, we got so close to digging into Scream 2022 also. And then I bring it back to that subject. Hey, man. Who cares? This is an episode where we go back and we revisit some of the issues that still are with us today much like 
Scream 5 slash Scream 2022 slash Scream, what I've been calling it all this time. Uh, it also is revisiting the years past and reflecting. That is a perfect segue. Thank you. So, so should we not bury the lead anymore? Let's talk about our feelings about yeah. this new Scream movie. Now, this is obviously a spoiler podcast. Yep. So um, let's dive into this. How, what were the circumstances of you seeing it? You saw it before I did. That's and right. Your initial thoughts. Uh, 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 oh, initial thoughts. I loved it. Yeah. I, what a fun time at the movies. Uh, and it's probably a little bit fighting between Scream 2 and this and Scream 2 is a little neck and neck for my second favorite Scream movie. I think I'm with you. I'm confused about whether it's two or four that's keeping it behind, but it does feel like like no time to die felt like it's in the middle of the five, but on the higher end, like on the better side of yep. that fence. Yeah. Yes. And I also thought like, oh man, just if you do the scream rankings, personal scream rankings, if I do one, and number four is second to the bottom and it's Scream 4, I love. Yeah, that's And insane. that's second to the yeah. bottom. Oh, this is now the horror movie franchise to beat in terms of consistency <laughs> and quality. And delivering on uh, scares in continually unexpected. Yeah. Uh, like, it finds new ways to surprise me, which right. that's really tough to do. I mean, Matt, best part five of a horror franchise ever? We've yeah, talked about how part five be. is a doldrums a lot. I mean, of I haven't seen Children of the Corn five, so I, I won't reserve I won't say for sure. But by the way, when we pick our Stephen King's minor, just the first five Children of the Corn, <laughs> I might as well get it out now. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. <laughs> uh, or the um, what's that weird? Oh, a scythe. Yeah. Thanks for the scythe up. <laughs> um, uh, Okay, so 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 the, 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 yeah, that was the initial thoughts. Uh, the circumstances of how I saw it um, was uh, the Saturday after it came out, my uh, mother-in-law was in town, and she graciously offered oh. to uh, stay and watch her daughter, so we could go to a, a matinee, and we did a matinee because it was like. It was at the Chinese theater. Oh, that must have been nice. Yeah, it wasn't the Chinese theater. It's, it's a like, little annex thing. Yeah, yeah, but that's awesome too. I mean, yeah. the lobby's amazing and uh, it's where I saw Saw. So, mm. you know, it's got a special place in my heart in terms of. Uh, but it was uh, a great theater. Oh, it did have those rumble seats. They weren't running during Scream 5. I don't know what to call it. I, like uh, the, the 4D kind of thing? Is that yeah. what you mean? I've never. Been to I've those. never sat in one where I see the little machinery next to me and I'm like, what's that? Oh, like it's just a vibrating thing? Uh, yeah, vibrating and the squirrels are back. Only one of them. Oh man, that. What? Oh no, I'm worried about the other. What happened to that other one? Maybe that one dropped the other off at like college. Yeah, I'd like to Ooh. think that. Look at oh. this one. This is sort of snowy, or he's lighter. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. They're fine. 
Well, I just don't want these two. Do squirrels fight? Do you ever see two squirrels? It's hard to tell if they're fighting or getting yeah. freaky. Uh, oh, X-rated it's like podcast. Wall, Jake Lamato when he fights that handsome boxer. He said, "I didn't know if I should uh, like a squirrel fight him or f him." <laughs> uh, he says, "Like a squirrel, go back and re-listen." Really? Uh, uh, oh, oh, oh! So then we went. We went to the earliest matinee just because. Yeah, with uh, uh, the strain of Omicron. Yeah. Uh, Omicron. I Omicron? Still, oh, I, God, I still haven't nailed this down. Well, it does oh, not Omic- deserve your respect. <laughs> That's true. It's- Omicron of the children. <laughs> uh, children, om- children, Omicron. Uh uh yeah, and it was a uh, we went and uh, it was oh oh those rumble seats they just tested them out before they gave like a little like demonstration. And but I was, didn't like, use them in the movie? No, and I was worried that they were going to like oh, I didn't want it to happen like in the movie, so yeah. I was just glad it was kind of like they were just like next time you know what it's going to be like for a whole movie. I'm like oh, <gasps> what no if someone has hemorrhoids? <laughs> Did they like it? They might. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Uh, but uh, audience was great. Was it full? No, we had a lot of uh, space, but I could definitely feel people's vibe. Like during the Wes's death scene when he's mm. going through the house and stuff, like people were digging on how. I'm sorry, I missed that part of it. And yeah. Stuff. Um, and a couple of the lines like really hit. I remember too in the in the audience. Um, but uh, what was your? Uh, uh, I bought tickets. Sounds so special. I bought tickets at the IPIC uh, for a, like Friday at three forty five p.m. And Amanda and I was going to go, and her sister was going to come up, but she wasn't feeling well. So I reached out to my buddy Mark, and we went. And nobody else bought a ticket. We had the theater to ourselves. First time that's ever happened to me. And First, I, I was telling you off mic before the show, I think it's always going to happen yeah. and then either right before the lights come in somebody moseys into yep. the theater and blows it or after the lights come down somebody moseys in the I'm mosey like, oh. blowsy the old i mosey can't wait blowsy. to have that experience yeah i've never had it but that being said i've never had a viewing experience with scream with an audience which i think is probably very helpful oh i hope with part six that will be the we case we get to do it with a buddy though yeah and we yeah. did talk through the whole movie not in a bad way but just like because oh, there was no one else in there fuck yes yeah it was you know that's fun and uh i got a guinness and a ice cream toffee cookie sandwich holy cow that sounds like quite the combo it was nice and i really enjoyed the movie and so you kind of you felt like sort of warm cozy yeah because they give you blankets there too Holy, oh yes. Um, when I saw a flight there, oh, I got I got under a nice blanket when old uh, Denzel was landing that plane. <laughs> I was right underneath that blanket, cheering him on. <laughs> I've never seen that. I mean, I know he lands a plane. Yeah. That's uh, the whole movie. Yeah, it's the whole movie. The whole two hours is just <laughs> him spinning in a plane as he slowly it's 45 lands. minutes before the landing gear comes out. <laughs> So it was a great experience. I don't, like I said, I don't know whether it's, oh, squirrel chase, whether it's above two or four for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely above three. It's hard because it's recent, so it feels like it's got some 
you know, like that recency bias. I wonder over time, but I, I liked it a lot. I, I was going to put an asterisk to what I was saying. I was like, I gotta, you gotta give me like six months on yeah. this before I can come back and give a true, true ranking. I agree. But man, there's some moments in there. Well, I know we'll talk about it, but Dewey's death, that got me. Got me good. I mean, it got me bad. Yeah. I was. I was like, come on, he can't survive each time. And then you're actually going to kill him. And I meant, come on, like, yes, this is awesome. But I hated yeah. it, you know, in yeah. a good way. Yeah, no, it made me sad. And, yeah. and also I liked it because I was like, oh, why didn't they, not that I would have wanted them to. It was just like, this was for the Taken said Scream too. Yeah. And so the fact that it waited so long, and even Ghostface knew that. He said it's an honor. I know. Because uh, it would be for a screen, any Scream fan to be able to kill off Dewey. Um, yeah, that was that was uh, uh, really uh, effective. The motivation for the killers this time, I feel like for some reason, landed better with me than they have since maybe one and maybe even better than one to me. Yes. The two master strokes of this new screen movie is the that I didn't see coming because I didn't watch any trailers. The yeah, only thing either. I saw of it was the poster. Yeah. Um so I didn't know what the take was gonna be or whatever. And as soon as it said that it was the it was a take on elevated horror, I was like, yeah. oh of course that's what this has been yeah. the last few years and what they're and toxic so that was fandom. so exciting. Yeah. And then the other thing was toxic fandom. And I was like Oh man, these are two very juicy things that have been happening in movies, along with the requel stuff. Yeah. But it felt like, yeah, perfectly uh, timed, and uh, the the toxic fandom explanation uh, that is uh, as good of a fun reveal explanation as the first scream. It was great. I it it really benefits from having such a long period from since the last scream movie this is the longest duration right yeah we said that when we watched scream 4 too yeah. like wow it, it had more to pull from than scream 3 did because by that point yeah. they were still yeah. that's what worries me a little for part 6 but mm. i don't i'm not worried i mean they've pulled off even like you said even you know scream 3 has some some stuff to love in there um but yeah. What are they going to do so quickly on the heels of this? Uh, because these are whodunits more than anything, it's almost like you do just have to take them like Agatha Christie's or Hercule Perot's and just, just yeah. like Die Hard. You just have to buy that this just keeps happening. Yeah. Although they do a pretty good job of justifying, or at least they take pains to justify it. Yeah. And I think that the fact that a lot, it always. I think always comes back to the Woodsboro murders. Yeah. It helps me buy it because I'm like, oh, the I could see how a small town wouldn't be able to get over this or right. Yeah, it's it's not the same. The Who Done It thing is like it restricts it, but also like relieves it of so many things too because you can keep you can buy that ghost face is coming back. It seems like the the next one even needs to be just directly that the killer's motivation is. Now so many people have got to be Ghostface. I want. I just want to be Ghostface. You know what I mean? Oh, that's it's an awesome. elite club. Like, everybody wants to be a participant uh, in fan culture or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, you know, it. You're right. The next one coming out, I wouldn't have as much to uh, a a trend to look back yeah. on and and reference. So I wonder. 
these are just speculations and they wouldn't even be good. I'm saying if the movie did them, but I wonder if it's like either a comment on the Halloween trilogy that Mm. it's just like the idea of like a new idea of what it means to like bring something back and then end it on a good note, whatever that would be. Or the like universe stuff of how that's now how they keep properties alive as kind of this like infrastructure oh, yeah. of spinoffs and or uh, timelines. That's what it should be. It should be a meta thing on timelines where this killer's like, I'm denying stabs oh. two through seven, and I'm just gonna go off the first Woodsboro murders. Yeah, that was one component of the when I was thinking back about it this morning and rereading the plot summary. So I remind, I was like, that's something um, uh, they didn't uh, necessarily reference. Not that no. I would want them to, but the idea of what you cut out a lot of the other yeah. sequels. I mean, it's part of it that that's I think what their aim is is that then the next people who make a stab movie go, well, we got to go back, or or we got to strip away whatever stab seven was about like time travel. Yeah. And then the really funny Ryan Johnson stab eight. I know a reference to last Jedi. Um, but, uh, nothing to say about, I don't want to go on a star Wars talk at all, but I remember when the news was announced and, uh, Ryan Johnson tweeted, um, a really funny clip from uh, the right stuff where before takeoff one of the astronauts says to like mission control or something like let's just hope we don't fuck this up or something like that (laughs) he like put that up when the news was announced and I remember thinking like well that's very gracious of him because and this isn't now me saying ironically I'm just saying more the reception Uh, not anything about the movie or anything but when I saw that, I remember the astronaut clip. I remember like, well, you actually don't have to worry about it because Ryan Johnson is beloved by movie fans right. and he makes movies everybody digs and loves. This movie is bulletproof. <laughs> and so it's more just like I realized how wrong I was that like, no. I mean, it's what I think has to be the main thing uh, the screen movies are referencing in terms of toxic fandom. Oh, for sure. Is the response to Last Jedi and yeah. how it got, as things always do, it leads, roads lead back to racism and misogyny, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's interesting. If the next Scream slash Stab movies are about how can you go back to the original and cut out all the yeah, other in a meta way. So like the killer's trying to do that. He yeah. And people keep bringing it up and he's like, no, no, that doesn't exist in my world. Girl, you make me angry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it just makes me think of the stab movies in these movies. Yeah. How great was it that, uh, the, when you saw stab and you saw the Randy scene. Oh yeah. Uh, the fake Randy yeah. scene. <laughs> And it did remind me in Scream 2 when he talks about the Stab movie coming out. He's like, they got so-and-so. He's like, and they got Joe Nobody playing me. And it was like a nobody. Yeah. This guy who's like, who's that playing Randy? <laughs> um, this is interesting also that we're talking about this movie and both of you and I have no notes to look at or refer to. because I oh, Yes, I took I, just some quick ones. Did you take them while you were watching? No. Yeah. I... 
No, I was watching it freely and I didn't take any notes. So yeah, it was different that way. Yeah. Not pausing or right. anything. No bathroom breaks. <laughs> um, no moments to get under the covers and get scared and go like, no, Paul, fight through it. You got a podcast episode to do. You can watch the munchies. <laughs> we're the munchies. We're the munchies. Hey, hey, we're the munchies. Oh, I saw a double disc. One of those like things uh, where you can get two movies yeah. on one disc for <laughs> munchies and munchie. And it made me think of you. Oh, it made me think of you. Oh, that warms my heart. It still warms my heart that the first one's called munchies and the second one's called munchie. We like to de-escalate things second time around. <laughs> we went a little hard on you the first time, and we apologize. Here, <gasps> would you consider watching the sequel if it wasn't so many munchies? So that would be like if the sequel to Alien would have been half an alien. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next one would have been a quarter of an alien. <laughs> and then an eighth. Oh, dude, have you gotten an eighth of the alien OG Kush? <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then I read the plot summary and it it jogged my memory on mm. all the stuff that I felt watching. I was like, oh, I, that'd be fun to talk about. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, maybe you can help take us through yes, beat I by will. beat. I will. Um, and not... Uh, as broad strokes as the Wikipedia summary, which yeah. was pretty good. Um, okay. Hey, um, had I've seen uh, the the filmmakers, the ones who did this previous uh, movies they did. What did they do? They did a segment for uh, VHS. Oh, and, that's right. And this other movie for uh, it's an anthology that I. Um, that my wife Leslie and I watched that was really good. Um, I'm trying to Wait, remember. did they write it too? Yes. Was there any story on why Kevin Williamson didn't write this? Huh. They're they like, just inject in new blood. Oh, Southbound. They did segments oh. in that movie, Southbound. Um, they're praising Wes Craven all through this movie and no, no love for Kevin Williamson. Yeah, praise and craven. Praise and craven. But no getting their filians in of Williamson. <laughs> Solid. Thank you, thank you. I was under the pressure there, but I really feel like I pulled through. Uh, um, and uh, really like them. And I would say overall, oh my God, I am so happy Oof. that this level of talent and thoughtful filmmakers filmmakers with this level of thought and talent are making these screen movies. I wouldn't have known that wasn't the same writer if you didn't tell me. I mean, it is a really good connection. You're right. Everything is in their beat. Just, I mean, just tying it also back to that house, but they really took pains to keep the, the franchise cred in there of the same fonts and typeface. And then yeah. the like, credits are the same red, right hands in there, you know, yeah. like you get all your deep cuts and back. everything. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. know, uh, uh, a little Kirby reference. Oh, yeah, that's right. On the screen, it's sort of like, they, it's a YouTube clip you see in the corner of the interview. So yeah. people are like, the Scream Reddit fan community is like, Kirby is alive. Uh, and then one of the other screens is almost like a funny red herring, whereas like, 
is Stu still alive theories or something like that. But yeah, I thought I we might see alive. him. I mean, we'll talk about the Ski Ulrich cameo. Wait, I said, yeah, 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 like I knew. But the Kirby thing. Hayden Panna. Was she character. the cameo? Was she in it like current date? No, uh, there's a video clip that just says like an interview with Kirby. Oh. So you, you could go extrapolate like, oh, if the interview with her is because she's still alive, she survived Scream 4, maybe Kirby will come back Scream 6. They should bring her favorite. back. Yeah. It's too bad Parker Posey died. If you could get Kirby and Parker Posey character. Oh, well, oh. credit to this new Scream movie. I, I would say uh, I have three characters that I'd like be like, they're in my top Scream franchise characters now. Uh, Number one, Mindy Meeks, uh, the one of the twins of Randy Meeks. Yeah, she's um, in Yellow Jackets. Yeah, she's really good. Yeah, um, uh, she was also uh, in a few episodes of uh, Love. Oh, season three, she played a a, um, a student. I'm like a tutor. Yeah, on that I remember. Show. And uh, uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown played Annie, <sighs> and. Uh, there's just times on set it doesn't happen a lot. It's like actually a fun, rare thing where somebody's been auditioned. You saw their audition. Uh, somebody saw their audition, cast them. They come in, and you're working with them. And then after the first couple of takes, when you stop down, everybody's like, "Whoa, this person's got the goods." It was oh, just wow. so clear. Oh wow. Uh, very, very talented and so funny and, uh, man, like that performance, I mean, so many performances in this movie knocked out of the park, but that really knocked yeah. out of the park. Holy yeah. cow. Uh, and that character is awesome. Yeah. The new Randy. The new Randy. And that, uh, every actor's dream, the requel, uh, scene where she's I like know. explaining how requels exist. That's, uh. And you feel like she'll be back for the next so one. happy both, she, the uh, both the twins survived yeah. yeah yeah uh the other uh characters that were like faves um wes is definitely a fave but m- more sort of the arc of the character yeah. not the character itself but uh tara the first girl who gets the call at the okay the younger movie. sister yeah yeah awesome yeah and i'm like if she's in more of these screen movies sign me up yeah and then uh 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 richie uh jack quaid's oh right yeah i was like that's in the pantheon for me of like favorite scream characters yeah he's pretty good um but uh okay 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 so that first scene (laughs) uh that's jenna ortega as tara Carpenter, uh, Carpenter, Carpenter. Uh, similar to what you said about uh, the reveal of the killers and stuff, maybe was the strongest mm-hmm. since the first one. I felt like this was the strongest, most tense, scary opening scene since the first scream. Really? Wow. Yeah. I, I, I it took me a little while to get situated in it, so I wasn't a hundred percent there in the beginning. For some reason, I maybe was it was it, just uh, what? Yeah, what is that? Honestly, what is I that? I ordered this ice cream sandwich cookie, and it, when it arrived, it was so huge. I was 
just like, what do I do? I can't eat that much. Yeah. And I also ordered biscuits and I said, could you please cancel the biscuits? I had no idea this ice cream sandwich was going to be this big. How was it? How big was it? Was it like well, the size of actual cookies? Like with no, it was ice cream in the middle? It was like cut into four pieces. But if it were reassembled, it was probably two to, th- it was probably three inches thick. Ooh, rich. And maybe six inches in diameter. So it was like a cheese wheel sized, you know? Hey, I'm going to do my best. Uh, could you say it was six inches thick and then I'll do uh, my best Samantha? Yeah, you got it. It was probably six inches thick. Sounds like I have to get a ticket at the IPIC Theater. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and order me one ice cream sandwich to go. Okay. <laughs> ah. And to arrive, I'll have two is my point. I, I like dicks. So you can't, so what were kind of the biscuits, just, like the biscuits, but without gravy? I don't know. I never got them. The biscuits are very filling too. They're so like you would have been. Cheddar biscuits. And, cheddar biscuits. you know, I I put on a good 10 pounds when this baby was born. And so, oh, I haven't noticed. Oh, I sure have. And I have been. Like I had to kind of wake up after three months and go, okay, start exercising again, start eating right. And so I have been eating better, thinking like this is a Friday treat, you know, on the weekends, you can have a little good, something I don't worry too much about it. So I thought, yeah, a little ice cream sandwich is fine. And this thing arrived and it was for like, it was like Buco de Beppo family style, you know, just pass (laughs) it around. It was family. Yeah. Talk about family style. This squirrel wants to be a family member with us. So grab a mic. Brazen. Grab a mic, Lefty. Um, so I don't know why that really threw me. Well, also, if, um, you know, finding the time to go to a movie when you're a new father, yeah. that in itself can feel a decadent. Yeah, it's true. So then you get this ice cream sandwich that's too big to eat. It just becomes a symbol of the decadence. I'm not oh, going to yeah. eat all of this. And Glenn's going through what they call the four-month fussies, and she's just teething all over the place, and she's just had a short run of real fussiness, and she was leading right up to the moment where I had to walk out that door, so I felt kind of bad. Whoa, these squirrels. Wow. So we, it did, was the movie powerful enough though, where it kind of it did. For it, a yeah, that was. Hours, I think it to, just took that opening yeah. scene for me to kind of like you know get through that. Although I did really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I just was still a little in my head. Sure. And then yeah, then it really took over. Um, the uh, uh, um, you talk, oh oh um the four month fussies. Yeah. Um, we experienced that as well. Um. And we also just had a more specific, I don't know if you ever experienced this, Matt, the five o'clock fussies. Oh, yeah. Day to day. Four or five o'clock fussies, as long as it has an F. Yep. The alliteration, as long as that's being like honored. They know. It's true, right? Yeah. Oh, she was seriously going through those afternoon fussies. Yeah. End of the day. In the morning, she's all smiles. Yeah. In the afternoon. Sometimes I think like, oh, our baby's like just an extreme extrapolation of how I'm feeling as a grown up. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I get the five o'clock fussies too. That's yeah. like a shit time of day. That's why we record this podcast in in the early day. Yeah. I mean, it's 6 a.m. <laughs> Although, remember, that's funny. Last week we were going to do an afternoon commentary yeah. and I texted you going, can we, can we move it? 
because I was just been a long baby day. I had the five o'clock fussies. Uh, well, I was uh, had my five o'clock fussies too. It'd been a long day for me. I was bopping all over town. That's right. So uh, yeah. it was one of those things where you're happy somebody the other person says, "Let's not let's." So we just did the mailbag, everybody. That's right. And we're going to do the Halloween three season of the witch commentary another time. Next week. But it'll still be on time in terms of release. Yeah. Why are you worrying? Why do you worry? (laughs) Um, So uh, this is when the, on the phone call, the idea of, uh, elevated horror comes out. Yeah. She says she likes elevated. Uh, uh, Tara says she likes elevated horror, like the Baba Duke. Yeah, which pays off in an extraordinary yeah. last line where she says, "I still prefer the Baba Duke." Yeah. at the end, which I think was my favorite line. Uh, uh, then she says the stab movies in the '90s. She's seen some of them. They were overlit. <laughs> <laughs> with weird haircuts and I missed that line yeah oh my god she's like I think wow. I see them they're like overly lit and everybody's got weird haircuts I was like that is what you would think watching those screen movies wow that's cool also there's just no way around it haircuts are always gonna damn a movie huh yeah I think especially when you when you pull a Josh Hartnett or a Courtney Cox bangs you're when really you want asking to be for of the it. moment. Yeah. That's, that damns you. I, I don't think, think Nev of... Campbell's hair is bad in any of the movies. That's true. I don't think Rand- Randy's hair is bad in part two, right? That's when he yeah. gets like frosted tips. Yeah, everybody gets those frosted tips. Like, I, I... Yeah, and so Wes has them in this. Yes. And uh, that's got to be callback? a direct nod yeah, of nod. some kind, right? It was a little confusing where we're just going like, we're just doing a 90s thing here? Or is that, I guess that's probably happening these days. Who knows? Hey, next week I'm going to come sporting them. Yeah. You'll you'll think I look cool. <laughs> uh, I, I was saying Mark made some comment about him di- frosting his tips. And I was like, no, he just dyes the side of his hair dark. <laughs> His natural hair is frosted tips. Frosted. My natural hair is frosted. (laughs) Um, uh, Okay, so then um, uh, a little question that can pop up Mm -hmm. retroactively, thinking Mm -hmm. about it, on the way home. Not a a plot hole, just like a, ooh, a fun thinker. Yeah, I got one of those too. Ooh, fun. A fun thinker. A fun thinker, not a, a, a... not a dreary. A stun stinker. Oh, gross. Uh, that first ghost face kill, you know how he sends the clip of Amber, of of uh, the character yeah. Amber outside of her window uh-huh. videoing her? Now we know she's in on it. Right. So Richie either... Drove there? Yeah, drove there. Or sh- if you want to think it's her... She could still be, he sent video of her. That video could have existed at any point. That's true. So he never had to travel. He's still with Sam. Yeah. Uh, 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 Richie is. And I do think he did travel. Yeah. Uh, so. But if you wanted to think that she's sending a video of herself too, you you could. What was your question? Well, mine isn't. A plot hole or anything. It's more. No, mine wasn't a plot hole either. Oh, people are saying it was a huge plot hole and that you God. have a grievance, and they're taking you to town online. And Spotify just canceled their deal with us. Yeah. Because of my. We weren't controversial enough. <laughs> my question is just I kept thinking that whoever the mother of 
Sam and what's the younger sister's name? Tara? Tara. Well, I kept thinking it was going to be someone from a prior screen movie because they kind of just kept saying a name or they didn't say a name, right? They just kept saying the mom, this woman that had Billy Loomis's illegitimate child early on. I kept thinking like, are they going to bring someone back that isn't dead or like, is Parker Posey going to show up? That was just wishful thinking. Um, Oh my God. If she but we're like the <laughs> Rose McGowan or something, you yeah. know, I know she died, but, but no, just doing like a weird dual role thing that or something. Yeah. yeah. I uh, just found it weird that they didn't really name her name. I might've missed it. But. No, I think I remember thinking, Oh, that was something really not just left open, but like unexplored. Yes. Like there wasn't even kind of like somebody going like, but then our mom moved out of town or something. Yeah. Like it was just sort of like, let's just it's not vague. bring up what's going on with it's their. Vague. Now there, that's vague. vague. What, what was ambiguous was, and I can't tell if I loved or hated this, not to jump ahead, but Billy Loomis showing her the knife. Showing her the knife at the end. Yeah. Because. And then the hallucinations. Yeah, I was yeah. okay with the hallucinations, I mm-hmm. guess, but just this thing of like, and then the look he does after, and it's kind of like, hey, Billy's a good guy after all. He's protecting his daughter, but it was weird to have that character come back and be this kind of like mentor figure. Obi-Wan. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, Elvis in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang or, 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 uh, or True, True Romance. Romance. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's funny. Yeah. I didn't think of the, uh yeah. So the hallucinations, like I do, like the way I've thought about it is the people who are making these movies clearly care and think a lot about the Scream franchise. Right. So I I do think in my mind, they know that this is different from any Scream movie outside of Sid seeing her mom in Scream 3 where she has like visions of her mom, yeah. but that's not quite the same thing because right. they don't hold conversations and stuff. Um, I was like, so they know they're doing something different and this movie is so great that I am more willing to trust a choice like that yeah, same. as opposed to in another sequel where I go did they even really watch Friday the 13th part five before they made part seven? Like they don't care. Like I know they do watch them and do care. It's just, uh, and so it is a different, I, it seems like it's in an effort in a choice that I like, which is to make Sam a main protagonist slash final girl. Who's like complicated and different than other final girls. And for that, I appreciate it. But uh, yeah, him coming back to her in a vision to like. Well, I mean, I definitely believe it's her hallucination and her vision, and it's probably I'm more willing to accept it when I actually sit down and think about it. That it's kind of a wish fulfillment for her that a father who's been a, a albatross mm-hmm. for her whole life and something to run from in her mind, it'd be nice if he helped her. But how does a vision show you? Uh, where a knife is, you know? So is it, it's, it's not supernatural. Right, because uh, if it's an inner voice inside you that chemically you're seeing your own yeah. voice talking to you or whatever, you would know 
she should know deep down where that knife is and she doesn't. Yeah. So the fact that it's somehow outside of her does get a little into the, the mystical. It just was the only time where I was taken out and it wasn't a big deal. I was just kind of like, just tone wise and all that. And then also, you you know, you're like, can't help but think of Ski Ulrich being digitally scrubbed and de-aged. So you're there's a lot everything. going on. Exactly. Yes, yeah. I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My response was kind of, yeah, the like... I don't love any sort of kind of digital plasticizing stuff. And it wasn't even bad. I mean, no, you definitely notice it, but it was, for, as those things go, yes, there's and a lot Skeet worse. Yes, Ulrich is awesome, so yeah. if he's back and doing it, I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, the only, it was just my initial, like, response when I was seeing it, like, whoa, I don't know how I feel about this. And I, I'm, I'm cool with it. Yeah. But when I first saw it, I think what my response was tied to is like, I love how much the screen movies are tied to a naturalistic reality of a slasher could come into your town and kill people. Yeah. And when it starts getting that, I'm like, Oh, I'm nervous. I don't want it to start creeping I into know, me either. And it actually or paranormal reminds or me. It's another connection to last Jedi where Luke has to use all his power to actually materialize himself in another place. And then there's that, he does materialize physically for a second or something, right? I'm trying to remember. I know he fakes out yeah. Kylo Ren, but doesn't he Oh my gosh, it's so funny. the dice? That, no, I'm, fuck if I remember. I've but. been seeing Halloween 2018 as the text that this like screen movie is working with. But there's an argument to be made that it's like a lot of Last Jedi stuff yeah. too, of like, yeah. right, the like mentor who's seen at this point as dark, yeah, coming back to help the main character. Uh, yeah, I mean the ending also um, uh, reminded me of uh, the endings of Friday the Thirteenth Part Four when Corey Feldman. Mm-hmm kills the bad guy, but you're like, ooh, ooh, he might be stepping over the line into psycho territory. Uh, and Halloween 5, when Daniel Harris right. kills, and you're like, oh, now both times they don't deliver on that the subsequently mo- in the subsequent movies. But I'm curious, like, oh, where's... They could use her. Go? Yeah, and her, it could be another tag team ghost face where it's Billy Loomis, the vision, and the daughter. <laughs> Oh my god! But well, you just saying like she, you getting an avenue into her being Ghostface, it totally destroys the whodunit element. Or maybe it's a way to like trick people. What do you mean? If you saw her being Ghostface at the next, one. oh yeah, but maybe you wouldn't. You would just have the reveal in the end, and she'd say, "Ah, but it wasn't just me. It was me and my dad, Billy Loomis." And everybody'd be like, uh, "Where is he? He's right here." Can't you not. see? And him? then it turns out it was just her all along. Yeah. But she thought she was doing it with Billy. Well, I guess it is like if it if it always goes back to Psycho, then he doesn't see his mom. But there's points where he's having conversations with his mom in his head. Yeah, but and she I, never and manifests anything physically, right? Right, right. And he doesn't. He just he just nods his eyes, which you could also kind of believe. Like she sees it and interprets that as go for it. Because does she see it's sticking out of the curtain, I right? I mean, we're nitpicking. No, no. Belief, I but. mean, it's uh, important because it's the thing that then gets her to 
kill. And yeah, I wonder how you like continue that for the next couple of screen movies that that main that Sam, the new Sid could be the killer. But I also think Tara seems to have possibilities of being the final girl. So maybe that gets yeah, kind of that's right. Sussed out in an interesting way. Yeah. Um, so, uh, then you meet Tara's sister after she gets attacked. Um, you see Sam with her boyfriend, Richie at the gas station. Um, when I just saw that, the beginning, I remember doing the math of like seeing Richie step out. Could he be the killer? Yeah. How far away is this town? Yeah. And again, one of the master strokes of this movie is like, Richie says, so I mean, Dewey calls it out. He's like, it will be this guy. Yeah. If he's the new boyfriend, he's like going to be the killer. I mean, that's what screen movies are awesome about. They call out the game and then they still like trick me. They double red herringed him so well. Cause even multiple times they make you think he is. And and the whole time you're going like, well, obviously this is a red herring. And then. Cause he even gets the um, arm slash like Jerry O'Connell and scream too. Yeah. But then that's great. Cause then when you find out he's a fan of the stab movies, you could be like, well, that could be their little homage to the stab movies. Yeah. If you know, they did that. Um, uh, and that's when, when they're going back, uh, Richie is like a stab novice, so they're explaining it, and he says it sounds a lot like a Halloween movie. Mm -hmm. um, uh, then we meet the gang at the hospital. Mm -hmm. So we got Wes, uh, Amber, mm -hmm. who, spoiler alert, ends up being the killer. And the whole time she's freaking out at the end, I'm like, where have I seen her do this exact same thing And yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, she's uh, one of the Manson family people, and it's the identical. I mean, it has to be a, a reference. It seems like it, yeah. Uh, she was good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Holy cow. And uh, because that is such a like a strong Tarantino reference, I did think, like, we talked about how the first Scream movies, Screams 1 and 2 at least, really, like, in Scream 2, they referenced Randy as Tarantino and stuff. And right. how, like, who knows if Scary Movie slash, when it was originally called Scary Movie or Scream, would have been made if not for Miramax and Pulp Fiction success and yeah, the idea that you could kind of be hip and referential mm -hmm. in this way. Right. So I did think like, oh, them doing it, it fits in with this. It's not just a random reference. It is a reference to Tarantino who's been referencing screen movies all along. The same way that, was it Halloween 5 or 6 that the characters dress up as the Oh, Pulp oh, in Halloween Resurrection. Yeah, Resurrection, that's right. They, yes, exactly. You're yeah. right. They dress up as, um, oh my God, Vincent and Jules. Yeah. <laughs> I am getting a happy like feeling in my stomach remembering how in Halloween Resurrection they dress up. Like me too. Ball. I don't know why that gives me such joy. It's them I, walking into the party and the, the white guy specifically, the look, well, they're both white, right? Yeah. But is it, it's just the douchey dude that's got that look on his face that's just kind of... Oh, the same look as a guy who thinks at that time period going to a party dressed as a pimp. Yeah. Was funny. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, they all crowd around the computer so they could watch the live webcast <laughs> of the, the Myers house. Oh, uh, what a perfect movie. 
Scream 2022 wishes oh, it could God. be Halloween Resurrection. Every movie. Matrix Resurrection wishes it could be Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> oh, do you think Matrix Resurrections was a reference to? Oh, oh no. Who said that? Uh, who was in Alien Resurrection? Oh. No, 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 no. Somebody who was in Halloween Resurrection said, a friend told me that when a title starts using Resurrection, that means it's over. It's true. Because that's what you admit, like, yeah, we know it's dead. Yeah, and you resurrection the franchise, yeah. Alien Resurrection, that's bleak. Yeah. Um, There's never been a good Resurrection subtitle movie. I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't really No, like the Matrix one. I haven't seen it, but I haven't. I bailed 40 minutes in. Uh, yeah, and it's a... a it's the Passion of the Christ, and I love that movie. It's not the Resurrection of the Christ. No, right. Although it ends with a little wink at the end. Uh, uh, I've you never see seen that rock roll back. I've never seen Passion of the Christ in an empty. You're not talking Last Temptation of Christ. No, Passion. Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ. Oh, I would never watch such sacrilegious garbage like The Last Temptation <laughs> of Christ. Yes, I saw. I'm kidding. Uh, yes, The Passion of the Christ. I didn't quite care for i saw it on easter sunday i went to it with a couple of my funny college friends let's go on easter sunday to this because it had been out for a couple months it was like a juggernaut um that's right and uh i liked the viewing experience as that it was uh completely uh ex um what am I trying to say? Different than oh, any yeah. other movie going. Like it was it just have a to very yeah. specific, singular, singular okay. movie going experience. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> I'll watch that someday. Uh, you do the Mel Gibson directorial marathon, buddy. <sighs> I know. Do some Man Without a Face. Uh, roll it into Braveheart. Take back that baby into Passion of the Christ and... And uh, throw in an Apocalypto. An Apocalypto and then, uh, what's the... Did he do the... Garfield, Andrew Garfield, I Will Not Fight War movie. Uh, oh, We Were Soldiers Once and Young? Did he do that? Yeah, whatever the, yeah, pacifist war with Vince Vaughn and... Is that one? Of the, is that the one? I don't know. I think what you... Hmm. Well, uh, I guess I don't know. Oh, well. Hey, we love you, <laughs> whoever. Uh, okay, so, um, yes, Wes, Amber, the twins, Chad, and Mindy, who we later find out are the niece and nephew yes. of uh, Randy Meeks. And we get a cameo from Heather Matarazzo because of it. Yeah, as like that was great as like the dorky mom yeah. who comes in with snacks for the kids. Yeah. Uh, but we never meet the dad. No. Do we hear anything about him? No. Hmm. Um, who could it be from the first scream that doesn't get attacked that we could imagine is the cameraman from oh from Scream Two? Yeah. 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 That's good. <laughs> she went to Randy's funeral after the events of Scream after his death. The cameraman was there to pay his honors because it happened in his van. Yeah. 
<laughs> the murder, and then they hit it right. off. Yeah, I mean, they had the to connect. I'm sorry. Also, when you lose someone in your family, do you know anybody that puts a life, I mean, a larger than life, just headshot portrait above the fireplace? A memorial, uh, yes, every family. Every family <laughs> I ever go into has a, a shrine to their uncle. A headshot. Giant headshot. Uh, now, it was the memorial screening room. Oh. That's because Randy is a movie fan. Oh, I didn't realize that. Now, because okay. if he had been like a big golf fanatic, it wouldn't have made sense that they're- Memorial driving range. Yeah, they all meet yeah. at the Connecticut. Jamie Kennedy yeah. Memorial Drive Range. Uh-huh, yeah. That's when it's going to get real meta. Scream 6. When they fly into Jamie Kennedy International Airport. <laughs> um, Dulles Airport, I thought, was named after the former director of the CIA. Dulles. Alan Dulles? Yeah, but it's yeah. a relative of his. Oh, really? The same family, okay. but different Dulleses. Oh. But I did think like, oh, if it had been the CIA Dulles, it would have been like, I can fly from Kennedy into Dulles, so I can go from the president into the guy who said, kill that president. (laughs) If you believe the theories, which I do, we'll set up the charts. Uh, Okay. And then Liv, that character, uh, uh, who's Chad's girlfriend. You meet her in the hospital scene, too. Yeah. Um, uh, great performance. I just thought that character was a little lacking, but yeah, it was a little of the, it was a little thinnerly written yeah. out, but live, that seems like a nod to live Tyler nineties, you know? Yes. Heartthrob. Uh, and Wes obviously being a Wes Craven. Yeah. And yeah. they say West to Wes. And Wes Studi. Yeah. Uh, Wes Studley, if you ask me. <laughs> Um, now there's a quick little, I thought it was kind of a twofer red herring death when Liv's summer fling Vince, who's also Stu's nephew is mm-hmm. killed outside the bar. Yeah. Um, because it makes you go, oh, it could be Chad cause he doesn't like Liv's ex fling, right. but it could also be, um, uh, just the uh, uh, general anybody who's trying to kill people who are connected Connected, to the original Scream movie or Stab movie. It's funny that these Scream movies often have these real loose connections the killer's doing in the beginning and they they don't kind of like matter by the end of the movie. Always. The halfway point they go this is what's why they're doing it. You go that's cool and then after that it's not they don't follow it. Uh, <laughs> um, I did think that kill was cool though because it reminded me of like Christine oh yeah uh, that like yeah. silent car coming on yeah hmm. Christine might be a good Stephen King movie to watch oh really who knows hmm, I'll try to fit it in between Children's of the Corn if you had to put in Christine in one of the take out one of the Children of the Corn movies so you could fit in Christine uh, which one would it be you couldn't do it can't, I can't even can't, ask that I can't not even so as a who's my experiment. favorite child you can't do it your favorite child of the corn you, you take out any Children of the Corn you got nothing those movies are so tightly tied together and so well woven you think Scream is consistent I know that each and every one of them got a full theatrical release I'm telling you each one of them has a child of the corn in it. 
It's incredible. I don't know how they pulled it off. <laughs> it is incredible that uh, that uh, continuity. It's they, amazing. They can pull it off that they each have a child. It's truly amazing the fact that like there wasn't a Kevin Feige shepherding that through and they still pulled off the most consistent franchise in human history. I wonder who that unsung hero is. Probably Stephen King. He's yeah, probably, probably at the on set every day for one of the show to the cord movies. Probably. No, we have to ask, would they be really honoring Malachi by doing this? <laughs> um, so speaking of that screen formula uh, that we love, the Sam slash Sid character gets attacked early yes. by Ghostface. Yeah, and that that one got me. I yeah. know that's happened in screen before, but I still was like, and I was sitting next to Mark and I'm like, I wonder what Mark thinks of that because it's just you don't get that in movies. Yeah, and Mark, uh, what was his familiarity with? He'd the seen Scream One a long time ago. Uh-huh. It was kind of like me before we started this this series. So he yeah. was a little bit like Richie, like uh, as Richie presents himself to be like, oh, I, I thought yeah. Richie was in there for the people who hadn't seen Scream movies. Yeah, they did a good job too with that of kind of getting you where you needed to be. Yeah, but. You know, we didn't get a lot of time to debrief the movie, so I'm not really sure what he felt. Mark. Yeah, you out of the, the walk out of the theater. Yeah. I mean, but he liked it. I think he did, yeah. 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 It's always kind of a like a fun loaded moment when you're walking out of the theater with a friend. I know. The, the, the time. I know. I remember coming out of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy with Amanda and my friend Brandon, and I looked at them like... Well, huh? we did it. And they're like, <laughs> what happened in that movie? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so great. I'm trying, but it's funny because in a movie, sometimes you can be tapped in where yeah. everybody's like, this movie sucks. Yes. Or everybody's in agreement, like, we're all having a good time. Yeah. So it is rare. And I'm such a fucking, like, codependent whatever i have to be like yeah. tied into whatever the experience i'm with i know me too what they're having so i'm pretty clear on how they're feeling when, yeah when i need them. a person i'm with to know i need to know they're having a decent time for me to fully enjoy a movie so yeah. there is nothing better when you really do have a good movie and you're watching with someone and you both are so into it blown away by it yeah. Amanda and i have a ritual that when we start a movie i'll usually like lean over and go right like two minutes in is this your favorite movie you've ever seen and she'll go yeah <laughs> so we can kind of just do you guys have a rule and i feel a little bad because it's not the way of a cinast and i have a personal rule just sometimes when i'm watching stuff i'm like in the age of streaming now yeah. we are really um spoiled oh yeah that you can do like the 15 to 20 minute rule. Yeah. And it's not fair. Cause I know some really cool movies probably have an awesome, like slow burn. I know. And that's the point. And but. series is too, like two, yeah. two or three episodes in. That's what I'm saying with the matrix. We both kind of bailed and it wasn't necessarily that it was that bad. Apologies. If you liked it, it just didn't work for us. And because of the baby, we get so few chances to sit down and watch a movie. We're kind of like, we still have time to turn on another movie that we're really going to like. Oh know? yeah. That time is a little sacred in terms yeah. of like what you get. So how you spend it. Did you, I have, I still haven't watched Dune. I can't believe it. I liked I, Dune. I had hopes that I'd get to see it in the theater and then I didn't, but yeah. did was that like a, Oh, that was pre baby though. That was post baby. Oh, okay. I believe. But I watched yes, that alone early, early in the morning, I think. Oh, okay. I watched. I had to watch that in two parts. 
I was just thinking of movies that are streaming that you can watch specifically on HBO Max, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Dune and Matrix. And Will, your movie King Richard's out there. I'm sorry I haven't seen it yet. It just those movies are fantasy movies, yeah. Will. So, you know, if maybe there was like a I watched King Richard thinking it was going to be a middle, medieval movie with dragons. I, I watched Richard II, the Shakespeare play, turned into a movie and didn't see you anywhere. I realized I watched the wrong movie, but I felt still angry at you somehow for it. So I didn't watch it. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, when you were talking about a series having like a slow burn and can you yeah. stick with it? Um We've really been going through that. Um, Leslie and I, we've started um, from season one, episode one. Just a really dense, complicated show where you're like, I guess by episode 15, this stuff will start making sense. Um, Sex of the City. (laughs) It does. When you hit and just like that. It crystallizes. Well, here's what happens. Like, I haven't seen it done that well since Children of the Corn 10. The way that it all ties <laughs> There's together. There's very many parallels between the Children of the Corn franchise and the <laughs> Sex of the City franchise. Uh, we've been watching in just like that. I saw the last season of Sex of the City when it aired in my dorm room. Very cool. Uh, my, <laughs> my senior year when I was an RA. Very, very cool. Uh, and then I saw the Sex and the City movies in the theater and had a great time. Uh, so I was cool. like, I'm ready to watch it just like that. Enjoying it. My wife, Leslie, who's a big Sex and the City fan, was like, "This, you got to just go back and rewatch it because that's when it's fun. And yeah. um We've been going through them and talk about uh, cozy. Oh yeah, just it, it. It's made to be a frothy delight, my yeah, friend. A frothy delight. Uh, uh, but um, I might as well share this news on the pod because it's about our lives. We we lost our dog, yeah. Judy, oh. uh, a dog of eight years, who we thought oh. we should have had more years on this earth. It's taken a little too early. She died of uh, cancer. Yeah. Um, and oh my gosh, I mean, we're still sad about the loss of Judy, but that those first two seasons of Sex and City got us through, man. That was when you have something like that that's so light and frivolous that just oh yeah. Well, that's, that's what made me think of it is when you were talking about how you started watching Matrix Resurrections with Amanda. If you're not enjoying something, especially after short. a death, life is too short. Yeah, yeah. You know what's not light and frothy? Station Eleven. Uh, Leslie read those books. Uh, read the book, and uh, she liked the show. But uh, we liked the show too. But, but it a was little grim, so dreary. Anti froth. We tried to listen to the audiobook when quarantine first hit. Didn't didn't make it, and then somehow seemed to have pulled the ripcord on the show too. Even though. I have to say, I think we liked it. It just feels like sometimes where Yellow Jackets was super fun pulp, uh-huh. this one is real just dreary. Yeah, there's no um, like escape at the. There's not like a musical number. Nothing. In the no middle needle of every drops. Episode. No. <laughs> or some funny like impressions. No, no funny impressions. And Yellow Jackets is full of them. <laughs> Frank Caliendo's a starring girl. <laughs> Oh my gosh! If if scenes were divided uh, with Frank 
Caliendo in a yellow jacket, like, swirling <laughs> across, like doing wipes from scene to scene. Just doing John Madden wipes. <laughs> yes, he's in a yellow jacket doing John Madden. Okay. <laughs> in uh, this scene, this girl's going to eat this girl. And she's going to dress like Baron. She's going to try to have sex with a one legged man. <laughs> he's doing man. like the pause, freeze frame, circle, yeah. uh, arrows. Uh, Matt, there is no funnier, quotes, in quotes, version of a first date sketch than the uh, uh, two people commentating it as if it's an animal nature film. When, what's Watch that the young male try to order a glass of wine, a bottle of wine for him and his new date. Here you'll see the young woman go and powder her nose. Or the other one is the like sports announcer play-by-play. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen these kind of like... You mean they're just gen- generic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like funny yeah. when it's like they're breaking down a date by like a nature filmmaker, oh, yeah. or it's like okay, now yeah. what she's got to do is uh, they'll pause. A lot of beer like, commercials. I'm feeling. God, they're both really funny. Yeah, I like love both. <laughs> um, so okay, so um, do you have to take a stream? A stream two thousand two thousand twenty twenty two. A stream number. Oh no. It's actually, a, for me, a stream 2001. Yeah, me too. Two Ps. Okay. I have well, to do two Ps. We'll be right back. With and rest. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. With and we are back and better than ever yeah uh uh um stronger better cooler cooler faster quicker stronger quicker <laughs> uh meow mix meow mix please deliver <laughs> um I've been using Murphy's oil for oh, I don't know how long, and the dirt is finished, and the finish is fine. Is this a local? No, I, I don't th- know that. I, I mean, I know was, the tune, but there's also they did. I wish I had a cheeseburger and chocolate shake, but that was McDonald's. Ooh, remember there was a big one that was like you named all the parts of a quarter pounder. Two. Two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. I got a, uh, it came in the news once, like a little record. It came in the Sunday paper once that you could peel off the edges and became a 45 and put it on a record player. Let's talk about McDonald's. Was that big Mac filet of fish, quarter pound of French fried, icy Coke, thick shakes, Sundays, and apple pies. Matt, you are a trove of these jingles. I am a child of television. Hey, me too, man. Get home at 3.30, pop that baby on till 10 o'clock, go to bed. Yeah. Here's a deep cut. If anybody knows this, hit me up. Shine on, neon, neon, shine on, neon, neon, bend them, twist them together. That's right. It was just neon flexible things that would glow in the dark and you'd wear them like 80s fashion accessories. Uh, Neon, Leon. Neon, Leon. (laughs) And then what was the shine on? Like this instant karma appropriation of shine on? It was his own tune. I don't know. I know John Lennon was inspired to write Instant Karma after the <laughs> Neon Leon jingle. They're writing a Neon Leon jingle and they're like, it has to be original. This product is too, it's going to be with us too long. We need to have a Neon Leon song. Oh, Who boy. do you think is going to play Neon Leon in the <laughs> Neon Leon biopic? Mm, Leon the professional, uh, John Renault. <laughs> and he's just dressed in neon clothes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, uh, okay, so then enter a Dewey. Um, now, what I thought was cool, you know, we talked about this, like, when we watched the first stream, how it can uh, call out the game and then still deliver, like, mm-hmm. even at the end when it's like, oh, watch out, the killer comes back for one last scare, and then he does, and it actually scares you. Yeah. I thought this was, like, a good version of they call out elevated horror and what it is, and then Dewey comes in, and he is that. He's, like, a different, a little different version. He's the elevated horror mm-hmm. version, like the Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween 2018. But I loved it. Yeah, I did too. He like, was maybe my favorite part they of called this it movie. out, but I like it. Yeah, I liked him a lot in this. Uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on... On, on Dewey and I Arquette. Do, I like Grizzled Dewey because the sweetness is still there, yeah. but it's not goofy. It's a little more grounded and real sympathetic. And um, Definitely I think gets I'm, to do the most, probably since yeah. part two. Of, of the three legacy characters, maybe Courtney Cox, it's just they rehashed their whole thing once again. I mean, maybe that's just the thing they're going to do every movie. But Her endpoint was different than anything I've ever experience with her being like, I'm not ever going to write about the Woodsboro murders. I'm going to write a tribute to Dewey, which I thought was like... Yeah, but she also ended one movie going like, I'm just going to be a writer now and not a... You're right. Where she ends never really gets fully... She's just one of those toxic people that keeps saying (laughs) what they're going to do, but they never do it. I thought Nev Campbell was awesome in this movie. And and it's not a um, complaint, but just mid-movie, I was like, oh, they're not in it as much. This is like more of a... Force Awakens, yeah, requel. It really is, yeah. It or unless, um, uh, uh, less Halloween 2018, which if it was that, it, it would be ne- really yeah. focused on Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. or focused Nev. on Neff Campbell. Yeah, and they kind of did with her husband that what they did with the twins' father and um, 
Sam and Tara's yeah. mother, you don't know anything about who she married or, you know. Yeah. You're right. And there's sort of like a, initially like a question mark about it. Mm-hmm. Or they use it as a way to like. Um, Where do you feel like she's living? Some seaside. Some seaside villa. Like Seattle or something. And she comes down to what I think is somewhere in Northern California, Woodsboro, right? Yeah. Because Modesto is Central California, Central Northern. Mm hmm. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, like a Washington or yeah. Oregon. Um, do you think we'll, we'll. Oh, well, initially, I thought Tara and. Uh, Amber, or not Amber, Tara Sam. and Sam were potentially Sid's daughters. I did too, yeah. I mean, I think that's a road they, because they're talking about, they seem to have a really complicated relationship with the Stab movies. So you're just like, oh, it's because their mom. Yeah. It's based on their mom. But, then, but I was like, then the timeline doesn't work out to 2011 when the last one was. They Exactly. 10. That's the fun of like when you're a screen fan watching these or whatever. And you know that they'll adhere to it too. So you can write it off. You know, they're so good. It can't be that. So what could it be? It is fun. Yeah. Again, since Children of the Corn, no one has done that. Upheld just the canon. Yeah. Um, I think George Lucas was on record saying like, if we can adhere to the canon as well as the Children of the Corn movies do with these Star Wars movies. I'd be happy. And I should say, I'm not picking the first five children in the corner. I'm picking oh, I know. one, three, five, seven, and nine to force you to pick the in-between movies or else it's not going to make any sense. Okay, I didn't know that, but th- <laughs> thank you for the clarification for people who are rewatching just the odd number ones. Uh, okay, so, oh, okay. Now, um, oh, and I'll, I'll, the other thing with Dewey that they're doing that is exists in these screen movies as we've seen one through four is that Arquette and Cox kind of become the conduit for a particular type of meta-ness where the characters seem to be mirroring the character, the real, the actors who yeah. play them. So you have, they're divorced. And then as Wes puts it, you, uh, what was it? You, got a divorce and then crawled into a bottle <laughs> uh, which seems to be like uh, more referencing life real life stuff yeah um, uh, uh, but um, I thought that made uh, Dewey like a really well rounded character yeah he, it was he all was for cool. the better oh it was nice to see Deputy Hicks back too yes yeah. Wes's mom yeah, I thought you meant Wes Craven. <laughs> what? Wes Craven cast his mom, recast Deputy Hicks. <laughs> Not since Martin Scorsese as a director's mother. Lit she up does the, the deputy to sheriff promotion that a Dewey yeah. got. Yeah. Um, and we find out, yeah, Dewey's retired. Forced retired. Forced retirement. Yeah. Um, Dewey's right from the very beginning. He says it has to be Richie. Mm-hmm. So if you just want to see this new screen movie as like they did Dewey right. Yeah. Before they kill them, they did do Dewey right. He's yeah. like smart and capable. Um, uh, okay. Uh, then the big scene of the Mindy's explanation of a requel, uh-huh. which um, I thought it sort of just 
had the energy of the first movie. The, the excitement of seeing people talk about movies in a movie was like fully there for me. Yeah, and requels are so new that I was happy to have an explication on that me sort of too. thing. Because it's not, requels are not as concrete as other, like a reboot is, you know, it, it is more meta and it, it's, it's, it's new, but it's old and it is the marriage of both. And so she explained it better than that. No. Yeah. That description was, uh, like it was, uh, incredible. I was like, Oh, that is because it was described almost in terms of the marketplace. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's boring just to see an ordinary sequel. But if a remake doesn't have any, if a remake or a dime a dozen, yeah. who cares about a remake? Like Black Christmas, I think right. they reference. But if you get the other characters to come back, yeah, like uh, then they're popular. It yeah. wasn't even like the audience likes them. It's just that's what's being done now. Right. Um, and then, uh, then it moved into this really great conversation that I loved hearing be had which was they're like stab eight then started to be try to become woke uh do they use the word woke did they uh but it's basically they tried to um contemporize it and then somebody goes well what's wrong with that jordan peele is awesome which i was like man if i was jordan peele yeah to hear a Scream movie say I'm awesome would just be the best compliment <laughs> in the world. It's like, wow, the highest praise. Uh, but um, that, uh, 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 so somebody says that and then somebody goes, yeah, he is, but that's not the Stab movies, which uh, I do feel like not anything about the uh, wokeism necessarily. I hate the word I just used, but like <laughs> more just about the fight usually seems to be about in franchises. That's all well and good, but that's not our movie seems to be like what it boils down to a lot. Right. Like I don't even mind the new stuff. It's just, it's not, which seems to be kind of like my hang up a little bit with the uh, hallucinations. I'm slightly and like, that's not, it gets screen. to like, not saying you are this, yeah. but people that take that to the extreme, the toxic fan culture of like, you're, you're ruining my childhood. You know, you're, you've bastardized it. <laughs> yeah. Star Wars and all that. Yeah. yeah. Which, um, yeah, seemed to, I mean, definitely wasn't around when the first screen movie came out. No. Um, so then, uh, Randy's sister, uh, comes back. Sam gets accused of being the killer, which seemed to be like a scream for, the final girl is the killer. We're going to call yeah, her right I now. did like that they were... I love when Chad was like, I'm not, I'm not going to sleep with you because... And I thought... I kept Hilarious. thinking it was going to be like this twist on male, female, feminine sort of feminism sort of thing of just like, I'm just not ready to give up my virginity. But he's just, you could be the killer. I was... That's all... Yeah, the way you unfolded that. That's exactly how I felt. Like, I was like, oh, that'll be kind of cool, I guess, that he's yeah. like a guy who's scared about. But I've sort of seen that, yeah. like, revisionist or that twist. Yeah. But then it was like, he's just afraid of getting killed. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Uh, uh, it's also like it follows. The, yeah. With people become aware. Um, the uh, Okay, then Wes and his mother's murder which I don't want to necessarily spoil favorite kill, but it might have been, might be mine. 
Yeah, that was good. It's like that long drawn out thing where they keep doing the fake outs of him opening the cupboards or the fridge. And that was the yeah. tittering I heard in the audience. That yeah. was like really fun when people like started realizing, oh, that's what this is. And then it became that fun thing of like any joke where it's like, the longer this gets drawn out, the more fun it's going to get. Yeah. Um, and then it ending with the mom having an outdoor in the daylight I kill, know. which was Brutal. like scary and bizarre and unexpected. But the best part was, you know, we've long talked about with these slashers. When you care about the victims, it's just a different thing than when they're an asshole. I loved, I have to think it's like intentional. Wes, when you first meet him, you're kind of like, he's kind of like a dick, jock. What's his deal? Yeah, and then he's vague. Before he's killed, he's a sweetie to his mom on the phone and then starts making dinner know, for her. I know. So the whole time you think he's going to be, you're like, this guy? This guy is making dinner for his mom? It's just beautiful. Oh my God, I loved it. And he showers without getting nasty with himself. This kid is too good to be true. He's yeah. clean and virtuous. If this had been Halloween Resurrection, one of those kids dressed up as Jules or Jim uh, <laughs> would have gone into a a shower and whacked it. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? It was also like, I guess, like a psycho thing, too. Um, yeah, because they had that nod, the shot with the shower head. Yeah. Right? Right. right. Um, so then Dewey and Gail, that's when they, they reunite at the crime scene, which I thought that was a good scene as far yeah. as we've had a few Dewey and Gail reunite. Dewey scenes. and Dale, yeah. Dewey Gale. <laughs> My Dewey is a bit gale. <laughs> and my goo is a little bit stale. What? I'm not firing on all cylinders today. I'd like that to be known. Are you kidding? I I've seen every cylinder serious. fire. Oh, no. I've got a few back here that you can't see, and they are burnt out. <laughs> so I apologize. Uh, is it like um, um, the pod race lap six of 12? <laughs> What's he say before the race? Gunga galunga, sabulba. Oh, like, oh, oh, Cheska Cheska Sebulba or something like that. What is it? Oh, Cheska 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 Ichuta Wato. Oh, how dare you? Uh, hey, um, Wato? Oh, yes. I have a, a um, what's that called? Uh, what I want to bring you to like civil court, like people's oh, court. Because you, uh, I you're feel, suing me. You sold me a, 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 a toaster. Yeah, very good toaster. No, it my broke best. Apart. Why you say it like that? I'm just going to say, Watto, I think you're going to have to lawyer up. Oh, who will I call? I have a... <laughs> Ghostbusters? No, there's a certain lawyer from the oh, south. Oh, hello. <laughs> you don't... Uh, sorry, I'm late. It takes a while to hyperdrive across the, to the outer rim of this godforsaken dust ball. <laughs> oh, my seersucker suit is all dusty. But here's my card. Hello. Hi, uh, I wanted you to be Watto here. He needs some help. Hello, Mr. Huado. Uh, no, mister. I'm a Toydarian. 
<laughs> What's that? I'm sorry. What's that mean? You don't like to it be called. It means the... you, you. I'm not a Mister or Missus or Esquire. I'm just a toy there, and your Jedi lawyer mind trick will not work on me. Ooh, I see. We're gonna have ourselves a little tete a tete. Touche. I will see you in court. Well, you've represented previous Star Wars universe characters before, have you? Absolutely, I have. Oh, I took on this sweet little rancor that I carry with me everywhere in a tiny little dog purse, even though he's 28 feet tall. Hello, my baby. Hello, Hello my darling. Hello, my ragtime core. <laughs> Well, I, that was a nice little dual performance I got of those two guys. We gotta go now. I'm playing Sabic on the Tabana gas mines <laughs> with Lando. Okay, that was a Star Wars reference I didn't get. Yeah. To maybe drop my phone. And Eduardo, it's good to see you too. Nah, get out of here. Perhaps you'd like to take your chance with a chance cube. You're always breaking out that chance cube, Wado. Well, just know this is not a dice. It's not a set of dice. Yeah, it's, know, a it's a chance, chance cube. cube. Okay. It's very different. Oh, bye, Annie. Tell Annie I still own him. Oh, my God. He still owns it. I still have the deed. I think he has a fixed chance cube, like sort of loaded chance cubes. I own Darth Vader. He's mine. Oh, through per in perpetuity, I see. I'm the real puppet master. Pull the strings, Eddie. <sighs> that should have been the big reveal at the end of Rise of Skywalker. Is Watto, Watto. behind it all? They cloned the Watto. You see Snoke, Palpatine, and then it's just Watto. Watto laughing. <laughs> Did I do that? <laughs> um. Uh, then after the De Dewey and Gale reunite, there's the hospital attack at night. Mm -hmm. This is when Richie gets his arm slashed, a la Jerry O'Connell. And I, Mark and I did talk him during the scene because he's just like, what kind of hospital is dark and has no people in it? And I was like, I understand that, but I think that's actually a loving trope of of horror movies now where it's just kind of a Halloween 2 nod. I Yeah, I, I when that was happening, I was like, this movie's been playing by the rules pretty hard in terms of what would really happen. Yeah. But uh, when that hospital was just like ghost town empty, I I had to think like, I guess this is Halloween too. <laughs> I know. I For some reason that is, I am fine looking the other way on that because it is so eerie to be in a, a yeah. like a lonesome hospital at Because night. the atmosphere yeah. and the uh, lighting. Yeah. I and mean, I think we talked about when we watched Halloween too, a dark Lit hospital is the same vibe I get when um you'd go into school at night or something. Oh, yeah. And it like the weird. hallways are dark yeah. that are usually lit. It's just like yeah. what is uh, what did they do to my sister? Yeah. Um and then uh uh that's when uh Dewey is killed by Ghostface. <sighs> this got me, man. Cause well, you You're think realizing he, you it. think he's going to survive because yes. he's got yeah. the elevator. Yeah. And then as soon as he makes the choice to go back, you're like, fuck, he's going to die. I, oh, did you? I didn't catch it that soon because I just kept thinking they'll do what they always do. And that's have him end the movie in a, on a gurney or something. But it did take for me to get a definitive death of his before I was finally like, okay, he is dead. They're not. You know. The reason it works so well for me is 
I was realizing he was dying as he did, you know, Whoa. like as he's like getting sliced up the stomach, you can see in his eyes, like, I'm not going to make it this time. And I'm going, oh my God, he's not going to make it this time, you know? And it was the That's most amazing. effective part of the movie for when me. When a franchise, what'd you say? It was the most effective part of the movie. That's for awesome. Me. Yeah. When the, it's funny when a franchise character realizes like, wait, I'm dying. Yeah. This is actually me yeah. dying. I've survived five of these by this point. And I love the elevator reveal where the doors open and he just pops them. Or I guess it's Amber. It's a her. Yeah. He's shooting. Yeah. So that has to be Amber. Mm-hmm. She said as much because she said she killed him. And they also show a little bit of the technology that it's. Yeah. Um, it's that box lit up under the mask. Yeah. Which. Hey, they're not doing, they can do other people's voices with this. I know. This has been a, a thing you had to buy into since 1996 with yeah. Scream 1. So, yeah. I mean, if anything, the technology is probably more likely now, but it's still. Right. How would you sort of taped mechanical box underneath the mask probably is a little scream deep vocal fix since 1996 <laughs> before it was cool um and i i think maybe it also sunk in that he was dying when they said it's an honor because it was like oh yeah. boy um yeah. uh so then um sid makes the offer sid is back to um, and she makes the offer to Sam to go and get Ghostface together. Yeah. And I like this moment where Sam's like, I'm going to do something that people never do in yeah. the movies. I'm going to leave town. That was really effective. That was cool. And it also made me realize like, oh, a screen movie's never done that calling out that trope in a horror movie right. and tried to get, do something about it. Yeah. Um, inhalers, they'll get I you know, every time. I know. And, even though it is a flimsy thing of like, we got to go pick up my inhaler. It's mentioned like scream, even when they're, when it's at its weakest, still at least acknowledges it before you can, you know, where Richie goes, I can't believe this actually worked, you know? Yeah. Right, right, right. The other calling out that Richie had was so good. I think it was like my second favorite line after, um, I still prefer the Babadook was after he revealed himself as the killer. He was like, I know it's a bummer. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> it was like yeah. this meta thing of like Leslie, my wife and I talked about it. She was like, "It was a bummer." It's yeah. like it is what he's saying. It is. You're like, this is such a nice guy. Um, I don't know if the movie was necessarily intending this, but I also thought it was kind of like now the thing that's happened since Scream Four and Scream Five has been uh, Me Too, and this idea of like people going like oh, we can't like so-and-so anymore. We've lost them. That's Mm -hmm. a bummer. I'm not saying this is necessarily like referencing that, but I felt like it kind of clicked in with like how an audience feels now of kind of like, oh, we all liked you and you fucked it up by being this other person. And he's saying, I know it's a bummer. I thought it was like some funny kind of, yeah. Um, could have only existed in the last 10 years. Right. Since the last green movie, uh, the, um, then they get there to Wes. They honor him. They toast to Wes, which I thought was sweet. I just found out today that they looped Kevin Williamson's voice, uh, Hayden Panettiere, I think maybe was there when they salute to Wes. What? Yeah. Really? 
So it was like a genuine toasting that they have looped in voices. Wow. And I guess it's Matthew Lillard doing the voice of Ghostface in one of the Stab movies at the beginning, too. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. This is just stuff I learned today. Wow. Um, uh, that moment happens that I said, referenced when we watched the last uh, when we talked about scary movie where I was like, the one thing I want to share, there's a character who says, I like to watch horror movies cause it's relaxing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, uh, oh yeah. Uh, 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 why have I Mindy? Mindy. Yeah. yeah. says that. Um, but when Mindy's like smoking weed and relaxing to old stab movies and like flirting with somebody she's crushing on, I was like, this person's like living everybody's dream. I know it's heaven. Yeah, it's like every horror fan's dream. It's I just know. like that moment when she's on the couch. Now, I did. I wouldn't say I saw the reveal that it's Stu's house coming, but my brain did do a little like when Richie's having a conversation with Mindy, and she's like, "Just go downstairs." I was like, this looks like the setup to Randy when Randy. Uh, I thought so too, but I thought it was just them trying to. Uh, echo it. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I, I took didn't it just it as an echo. Yeah. And then they reveal that it is Stu's house. Now, I looked online. Maybe somebody has pointed out. I think they gave it a Nightmare on Elm Street trim. Oh, really? Like they, a, on the outside? Yeah. They bring back Stu's house, but it has like a Wes Craveny Nightmare on Elm Street house red and green trim. Oh. Since it's been back. Um, Wait, wasn't the Nightmare house white? You just mean to match. But it has a green um, trim with a red door. Oh, Like Freddy's sweater. sweater. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe oh. they, they just repainted it that. But um, um, stab version of Randy. The, the scene where Mindy's on the couch talking to Randy, talking to the TV. Yeah. Uh, it was like the um, Land O'Lakes Butter holding the container. Of I know, but what's so great about this one is that she realizes it this time and looks back, right? Yeah. So you, she still gets hurt, but she, yeah. she at least has the like agency to go, wait a minute, this is folded in on itself. I'd be stupid not till now look back. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she, because of that, she survives. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I was so glad she survived and her twin, yeah, and then um, the sister. Uh, yeah, well, this has got to be the biggest survival rate of any scream. Yeah. I, I wonder if each person has their own... Because Mindy surviving is like Randy surviving. Yeah. Um, The twin brother is like the big, oh, who's that in the first scream? There's He's no... the new, yeah, the new type. Yeah. Um. Because who was the Rose McGowan in the... Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Liv. Liv. Yeah. And then, yeah, you have all that funny stuff of... Uh, oh, there was a couple ghost face fakeouts. Like, I noticed when uh, Wes opens the door, one of the doors, there's a coat hanging yeah. there that kind of looks like... It's black and white. It looks like the ghost face. Yeah. And then when they go downstairs and Liv and uh, Amber have that really awesome scene where they're like, well, you could be... The killer, you could be the killer. There's something hanging on the wall that looks like a ghost face. Oh, uh, I went too. to the bathroom at that point. I missed oh, okay. That. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Did I go to the bathroom? 
No, I went to the bathroom during No Time to Die. Oh, do you know which part? He, um, well, you it was during some travel portion where I was oh, like, oh, yeah. they're going to be traveling here. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so then um, Amber has the gun and she shoots Liv. And that's, yes. And that's when she reveals herself with Richie to be Ghostface. The, the cool thing about that is when that happened, I was like, it wasn't like, oh, wow. It was just like, oh, okay, here we go. She's, yeah. she's the bad guy. And then you're still like, well, it's like Christmas morning. You got another present to open because we know, I mean, I had a pretty good idea. It wasn't just her. I honestly, I thought there was going to be a third killer. I thought that was how they were going to um, up. Yeah, maybe. That they were like. It didn't the, occur to me. Maybe that'd be antithetical to them wanting to go back to the original. They want to bring Stab to its roots. So yeah. they're going back to its two people. But I did think that was a possibility. Oh, you know what I thought? I thought it was going to be two people, but didn't, neither of them knowing there was, like they weren't connected. Awesome. They just coincidentally were doing it at the same time. Yeah, but they met on Reddit, which is really <laughs> funny, right? Like bitching about how the Stab movies are yeah, not bad. Yeah. And then they concocted this scheme and uh, uh, Amber got... Richie wise to the idea of you can seduce Sam and we can reenact. Yeah. We can frame her. But they called Reddit something else. Oh, they did. What was it? It was something really close. Uh, green it. <laughs> <laughs> like red on or I forget. <laughs> uh, then, uh, yeah, we talked about that. We love it. Right. The, Stab movies have, they don't like the trajectory. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they're going back. <laughs> they want them to be. That's very funny. Gail shoots Amber onto the fire, like once upon a time in yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Billy gets Sam to stab Richie. Um, Tara shoots Amber with the Baba Duke line. Right. And does Sam get to kill anybody? Sam kills Richie. But yeah. Nev Camel doesn't get to kill him. Yeah, and you know what? It kind of even speaks to something that in the plot summary on Wikipedia, Sid doesn't get I didn't like in reflection, I was kind of like, where do they leave her off on? I, I know it's like kind of like a I like the moment later when Sam thanks Sid and Gail for their help. Um, like it was just a nice torch. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was that? Where you throw a torch and the other person catches it? The torch toss? Yeah. Yeah. It was a nice tossing of the torch. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> but it did make me go like, yeah, what's a Scream 6 Sydney story? I'm realizing why I think the Billy Loomis thing didn't fully sit well with me. It's because he essentially becomes an ally to Sam, but Sam is an ally to Sydney, And it seems weird that they're all kind of fighting on the same side in a way, you know? Like he tried to brutally yeah. murder Sydney. It's like... Multiple times. Almost like a, 
an episode of like Ninja Turtles where the, one of the Ninja Turtles says to Shredder like, I never thought I'd say this. Yeah. We're going to have to team up to I take know. on the cheese monster. It's like back to Star Wars. How are they going to redeem Ben Solo, you know? And Yeah. Um, I thought Ben Solo was who Sam was in this. The person who has yeah. a complicated yeah. past that you have some affection for. Yeah. Understanding basically. of how they feel. Um, but yeah, it does make you go, who's the mom? Who's their mom? I know. And I then who's Sid's husband? The, some of those vagaries are good because I think they leave room for that to, to be explored as a plot point. And I know who her husband is. Who? It's, um, Scream 3. Uh, uh, the Randy. Wait, wait, really? Patrick. Why can't I think of it? Uh, Dempsey? Dempsey. Whew. How do you know that? Because they say his name at some point. She goes, uh, she says her husband's name and it's Patrick Dempsey's. Oh my God. For people who like didn't hear us earlier, who knew that, we're saying, oh, they're feeling some relief now that we got, <laughs> I mean, I'm feeling relief. Yeah. I could be wrong. Maybe it's another guy with that name. Well, I, remember I think it, it just means the kids are adopted. Yeah. Do you, did they say the kids' names? The twins? Yeah. Her, her, no. Uh, like last names? Sid's names. Her children's oh, names. Oh, those. Oh, wait. What if it was I like thought you meant, I thought you meant <laughs> Heather Moderato is married to Patrick Dempsey. No, no, no. That's no, why no. I couldn't reconcile. Sydney. Okay. Sid, I'm sorry. Well, because I said <gasps> it like a lunatic. Oh, yeah. That's right. She says the husband. Wait, so he? She just goes on her own, and he's a cop, and he just lets. Her, I mean, I guess she's proven her metal, but you'd think he'd still be a little like, "Hey, can I? I yeah, love I you. Can I come with, with you? the police department that can maybe help you investigate but, this? Nah, you got to watch the kids. I love it. She's like, "Honey, a weekend with you at the kids is easier than going and facing Ghostface. Okay, <laughs> it's not easier." <laughs> I ain't a weekend off even if it means facing an old killer um, that is I love that new um, slant that the of motherhood that's kind of come along which is like I fucking hate being a mob the lost daughter did that and it's but not it didn't do that but it is yeah the lost daughter that movie oh I didn't yes yeah um uh <laughs> I don't know why I brought it up. I don't know. It's just a I new just thing I've noticed. I don't have any opinion. I, we were just so quiet there. I just didn't know what to add. <laughs> well, I just—it's a thing I've noticed. Lately. Yeah, I know. That's I know all. what you mean. Yeah, there is a kind of like pride or something. I don't. I'm. Yeah. I apologize. I'm so brain dead. Well, I get it. Like, it is because of understanding that moms are dev often the devoted parent. Yeah. And so to hear the other side of it is uh, unexpected and goes against what we see as conventional. Yeah. And it says a lot that dads are just assumed 
to be derelicts. Uh, I, know, I know. That like you can't even do the joke of the dad being like, "It sucks being a dad," yeah. because everybody like, "Hey, asshole!" You're because you have to put in two hours a week. I know. Uh, now. You and me, Matt, we're a changing face of father. We both have our babies strapped to our chests right now. Yeah, they've been very quiet during this. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's going to be so cool when our daughters take over this show for us. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Mary will lead the way because she's got a few years on Glenn, yes. but... It'll be just Mary having these wonderful opinions and Glenn going, hi, queen. Mary will be, what, like 11 and Glenn will be like seven. I think that's what they can take over. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. And it'll be like Mary shepherding Glenn through like, you know, yeah. we're going to watch Motel Hell. <laughs> Is that seen. the one with John Ratzenberger? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I've already seen it. My dad keeps showing it to me. It's the only thing he shows. I don't want to see it anymore. Um, I'm going to watch Jack Frost. <laughs> the last note is the, uh, yeah, the credits have the original font. And the little the little curtain call moments, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, should we rate this baby and then, then do we move on to the King Talk? Yeah, that's right. We'll do a best kill, a rating, and then King Talk. Okay. My best kill is Dewey just because it affected me so much, I think. I know usually we go for like just the cool visceral, what's yeah. the actual best kill, but that, I mean, that was the peak of the movie for me. Not yeah. Well, maybe it's just a nice little totem of that screen, your experience with the screen movie and mine in general, which is like, oh, when it did make the choice of being more elevated horror, which meant they just had less kind of goofy moments and more serious ones, mm. um, it really worked on me overall. Oh, I never thought about that. That The tone was a little more straight because they were doing like... like In the same Ghost way that Scream 4 is a little bit more vicious because yeah. the movies around that time were vicious, this is just a little bit more like melancholy and dour and... Because Ghostface doesn't good on really the movie, do, gotta say. What? Ghostface doesn't really like stumble that much in this one. Like there's no comic prop. Yeah, and, and on the phone two, he's not wisecracking too much. Yeah. When people are sort of talking, they're talking about movies in the way an ordinary person would normally talk yeah. about a movie. It's not too like insider. And it maybe because Kevin Williamson isn't writing, it just doesn't have that sort of like same Snap. I mean. I could see that they were going for, like, they weren't ignoring the Williamson vibe. I kind of like this version a little better, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just like, whatever, it's standing on the shoulders of giant stuff. It's just like, oh, it's a little bit better, but it wouldn't have existed if not for the person who had to do it the first time or whatever. So what's your best kill? Uh, uh, Wes's, that extended kill at the house. All All like... In the same way I thought about it anytime, I won't say anytime I watch a horror movie, but anytime I watch a horror movie because I'm stressed out and I want to relax, I'll think about um, uh, Mindy's line in this being like, I watch these movies because they're relaxing. I'll like, when I think about an example of it, 
a slasher movie that had a kill that managed to still surprise me mm. after I've seen so so many. Yeah, I'll think of the that long extended yeah. kitchen kill and that was good. The scream. Yeah, I'm well gonna go done. grab my um, notebook. You vamp for a second so we can recap our oh. past scores. Oh great. <clears throat> um, so while I vamp, well, we can talk about how the new Townland album is coming out. And how you gotta give it a listen. Matt's band, Townland, is real good. Uh, I wasn't, but I was talking about Townland, but I can't oh. say George W. I'll do George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush saying, listen to Townland. You gotta listen to Townland. To not do it wouldn't be prudent. Okay, and now George uh, W. Bush. Oh, uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get that. Uh, it'd be a very good strategy to buy the new Townland album. Perfect. <laughs> That's the best endorsement. It's the Those only endorsement cameo level ever. <laughs> of the actual people. Like <laughs> the Bushes are on cameo. All right, let me recap here what we gave these. So, oh, the podcast I've been listening to, by the way. Yeah. That new Dana Carvey, David Spade. Oh, is it uh, good? SNL podcast is awesome. Oh, wow. They're both very funny. And if you like SNL, there's like new stuff you learn. Oh, wow. it. And I just Googled nothing uh, good. What are Beatles podcasts? And I'm listening to this one called Nothing is Real. That's co-hosted by these two guys from Ireland uh-huh. who are super fans. It's really great. Oh, and wow. I've just been that like, sounds good. Do they just go through song by song? No, they find different ways to go. They'll sometimes it'll just be like the year 1980 oh. was a pivotal year for each Beatle. Let's go through that, oh, wow. and it's helped me go back to. Well, the way I got there was just, you know, every eight or nine months, it's nice to go back to the Beatles and oh, listen yeah. to them. And so you got to go a nice back to the Beatles. Okay, we gave you gave Scream one 13 out of thirteen. I gave it an eleven. Scream 2, I gave a 9. You gave an 11.5. Scream 3, I gave an 8.5. You gave a 9. Scream 4, I gave a 10. You gave an 11. Scary Movie, I gave it a 6. You gave it a 10. And Scream 2022. Wait, so let me... So I gave Scream 4 more than I gave Scream 2. So that tells me I liked it better than 2. (laughs) That lines up. How I came to that conclusion, yeah. Okay, I got mine. On a scale of 1 to 13, I'll give it a 12. A 12. So that does put it above Scream 2. We'll see how I feel in a few months. The nostalgic pull of Scream 2 is always going to be strong. Kennedy's yeah. getting to see Jamie Kennedy one last time with right. frosted tips. Yeah, even though you get just a glimpse of him in this. I'm going to give it 10. And so that means it's tied nice. with four for me. I think. Cool. Yeah. We'll see how that changes. Yeah. Hey, there's going to be another screen movie down the line. We'll, we'll get I know. to revisit. We can revisit these rankings. Yeah. That's the fun of loving franchise, horror franchises. And now it's time for us to reveal our five picks each for King Fling 2022. King Fling? Whatever. That's I don't perfect. know. perfect. No. 
Sign me up. Now, I think I did this with a couple where we've revealed these on the podcast (laughs) where I, um, I've chosen four I'm absolutely certain of, and I've got a a short list of others that I'm going to choose on the fly. I, um, my kind of thing is they're all, um, the top five for me are after the top five or when I go, eh, I'm at a one to 10 and seven or an eight, but all of my first five picks are all 10 out of oh, 10. So you, it was a clear. I want to talk about these Stephen King movies. I'm excited to watch them with okay. friends. Because I do think there's enough here for a second season. Yeah. Another 10 episodes. Just, I mean, that guy's so prolific. Yeah. Mr. King. Mr. Langolier. <clears throat> um, shall I go first? Okay. Children of the Corn. The yeah, first buddy. one. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay, I'll say one that uh, I think I'm just going to go in order of what's pulling me the most love it the one i'd most want to talk about and watch with friends carrie oh yeah you get a king de palma yeah two for there that's good yes um my number two is the mist damn buddy way to go that's on my not my top five but was on my like i would love to talk watch the mist have you seen it yeah but not for probably 10, 15 years. I remember really, like, really liking it. Yeah, I really liked it too. Um, and uh, I remember when I was watching The Mist thinking like, God, I wish every year there was a movie like The Mist, just like a monster creature movie, a group of people having to take on. Yeah. So it's I pretty know. dope. Good choice, man. Thanks. Uh, my number two is Misery. Oh, yeah. Now, I... Wanted to cover that. I didn't put it on my list. Same with Carrie and maybe another because I had a feeling. Well, Children of the Corn is on my list of uh, I'd love to talk about it. It's just I it, it wasn't on my top five. Yeah. This is really good, man. We're, yeah. No double ups. Which is good because we've got some, I mean, some solid choices here. I have a couple that I think are real fringy that Bring I them on. can't help. One of them is, let me just make sure I want to make this think, decision. I did think, I mean, all of mine... I did think, like, should I have, like, is it in the spirit of Stephen King to have, like, a wackadoo one? I think it is. Well, go. What's yours? No, no, no. Is that what you were saying? Well, I have a wackadoo and I have a a fringe, actually a Bachman. (gasps) Is that legal? No. I I was... I'm not. What you're mouthing to me? I don't know what you're mouthing. Is it? I'm trying to guess the Bachman title, but I don't know why I'm doing it off. Well, you'll have to wait. Oh, okay. So what's this next one? Maximum Overdrive, dude. (laughs) You're choosing all the goodies. This is so great. You're choosing the actual. No, no, no. I'm saying you're choosing the ones that like are the fun. Yeah, we'll have a healthy mix. And I gotta say, on the Patreon. Maximum Overdrive was there was a big push for that. Yeah, and uh, online yeah. people really want that to be. Uh, okay, well, kind of hand in hand with Maximum maybe, Overdrive. Maybe we won't have any crossover. How about that, buddy? Uh, oh yeah, Christine. Christine. I knew you were going to pick that one. I'm so glad. So you an automotive. We both picked automotive horror. Yes, I love three. it. Um. Okay, let me just make sure I am. This is I am. such a beauty because now even if you choose one of mine, then I get to have the fun of going down to one of my I lower know. like fringe ones because you covered one. This is the best. 
I haven't seen Children of the Corn since I was a kid. And then this next movie oh, I've never seen. And by the way, Children of the Corn, you know, that was filmed in Iowa. I didn't. I mean, I would hope it My was, teacher's but... wife is like, has a pivotal part at the end of Children of the Corn. What? Oh like, my so God. In Iowa, like in my town to like watch Children of the Corn was like oh, a rite of passage. That's like me watching Masters of the Universe. <laughs> yes. Except not really. <laughs> All right. This movie I have not seen, but I'm excited to see it. The Dead Zone. Hey, buddy, that was my number four, so that's off now. Oh, really? You chose it. Yeah. Wow. I love The Dead Zone. Oh, good. Okay, good. Uh, I watched it recently. It's really good. All right, so you get to So I'll it. bump my five up to four. This is mind-blowing, dude. You're my top ten. All the other fivers are the ones you oh. chose. Okay, um, or the remaining ones. So I'll bump my five to four. We're going to go Cujo, buddy. Oh, that was in my short list. It wasn't in my five, and I'm so glad to hear God it. God damn it, we are 10 out of 10. Okay, here comes my Bachman, my fringe choice. I couldn't help it. The Running Man. Yes! Oh, boy. I've never seen it. You haven't? So this is Oh, my this is God. Good. This is good. Oh, I've seen it so many times. Oh, my God. Okay, so is this the last one? Yeah. You got one more though. No, right? I'm done. That was your five. Yeah, I Damn. love this. Is this is I haven't been this excited for a season in quite a while, buddy. This is a tough choice. Talk Let me it tell out. You what I'm dealing. Talk with. it out. I got three. Okay. Let me just tell you what my list was. Okay. This was my top ten: Carrie, Misery, Christine, The Dead Zone, Cujo. This is one of the three remaining. Creep show. That was on my short list. You mentioned the uh, mist and children of the corn. That was on my top ten. So these are the remaining two. Running man was my eleventh, by the okay, way. Okay, wow. Uh, and the one after that was sleepwalkers. Oh, but I'm not going to put that. sleepwalkers. I think the three. But Cujo, or 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 sorry, creep show. Silver Bullet or Pet Cemetery? Pet Cemetery was on my short list too. Yeah. I don't want to influence you. This has got to come from your heart. Okay, now it's boiled down to Creep Show or Silver Bullet because I think Pet Cemetery is a little. I want to keep it fun here. Yeah. Also, neither of us chose, chose the shiny buddy. I, I figured you might, but I know we've covered that on a commentary. Yeah. I just felt like we talked about it on the commentary yeah. and uh, it's fun to talk about other stuff. Yeah. All these movies are so fun to talk about and to watch. Um, I do like Creepshow a bit, but I don't love each individual segment. I know it's impossible to say equally. Mm -hmm. It's just some stuff would be more fun, whereas... I haven't watched Silver Bullet fully. I think I maybe saw parts in I've never high. seen it. I love the parts I saw. Who's in it? Um, Corey Haim and oh, that's right. uh, Gary Busey. Okay, wow. And it has its fans. People are big time. Uh, Quentin Tarantino recently name-checked mm. Silver Bullet as a great horror movie. Wow. Let's do Silver Bullet. Okay, there it is. Let me recap these. Oh, man. This is such a solid season. Damn, solid. solid we don't know row. what order we'll do these in. Maybe we'll drop them the hat. We don't know, but... Or do we need to decide 
At least what we're coming the, back. Yeah, okay, you're we'll right. have to decide the first one at least. That's so fun. So here are the movies. For me, it's Children of the Corn, The Mist, Maximum Overdrive, The Dead Zone, and The Running Man. From Paul, Carrie, Misery, Christine, Cujo, and Silver Bullet. God damn, that's Solid. all really fun stuff. I chose all if I had chosen Creep Show, four of my choices would have started with C. And been two syllables. <laughs> And if you would have chosen Cat's Eye, it would have been all of them, which I considered because I've never seen Cat's Eye. And I was like, Cat's Eye, Creep Show, they're both kind of anthologies. Yeah. You know. you could, what, we what could do a Drew list? Barrymore, Stephen King yeah. double feature of Cat's Eye. Firestarter Fire was on my second, my Cat's Eye short is good. list. There's some, it's an anthology and there's some good segments. The only other two we didn't mention that were on my list was Salem's Lot, even though it's a movie or it was a miniseries on TV. It's two hours. I thought about it too. Cause I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. And apt pupil, but I thought that was a little too yeah. outside the realm of what I've, we do here. I've never seen Salem's Lot. So that would be I cool. And I've been on a big, you know, I told you a TV movie kick yeah. recently. And so, um, the ones that sleepwalkers, the other one that, Oh, speaking of TV movies, I watched it when it first aired in 1991. Sometimes they come back. Mm, I love that. Never heard. I of thought it. about just picking that because I wanted to re- revisit it. The other one that I haven't seen, but it seems like people liked in the last 15 years, was uh, 1408. Oh, I don't know anything about that. Now the ones people might be surprised that we didn't choose The Shining. Mm-hmm. It I just didn't feel like talking about either the original or the new ones. No. Yeah, same thing with Doctor Sleep. And then Dr. Sleep was on that list too. Yeah. Just like I put them on there because I knew they existed as Stephen King movies, but I'd probably be belly aching more than celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one that was a Stephen King adaptation that I really like, but just doesn't fit sort of our podcast is uh, Stand By Me. Yes. I thought about that too. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been fun to maybe break the rule there, but there were so many other good choices. Yeah. Wow. So what do we want to start with? Ooh. Should we just... Well, if we did alphabetical, then it'd all be mine up at the top with all those C's. Oh, that's right. Oh, and your children of the corn. Do you want to just... Is C just an inherently scary letter? Is that it must be. Yeah. How about I put random numbers next to them and then you pick a number between one and oh, ten? Oh, like we did last time. That's yeah. good. Okay. Is that good? Or do we want a new... No, that's good. If that... Yeah, that works for me. Um... Carrie, Misery, Christine. I'll recap it for you, oh, too. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Some other ones on the list, maybe to look down on the line in the future. Firestarter, Cat's yeah. Eye, Salem's Lot. That was on my list. Sometimes they come back. Graveyard Shift, Thinner was the block oh, that I thought you were. Yeah. Uh, what is, I don't think I've seen Thinner. Uh, I haven't. It's just like a man that goes disappears. A <laughs> man that goes disappears. <laughs> it's a guy who I think is... Uh, obese, and then a gypsy curses him that he'll get thin. Who's in it? Um, I don't know. I'm curious. Lance Hendrickson, maybe. Oh, I'm not for sure about that. <laughs> okay, here once again. Here are your okay. Children of the Corn, The Mist, Maximum Overdrive, The Dead Zone, The Running Man, Carrie, Misery, Christine, Cujo, and Silver Bullet. So you can pick any number one from ten, and I've got these randomly labeled. Hmm. Let's go. With number four. What if we end up doing all yours first again? How weird was that? We are starting with 
The Dead Zone. Hey, all right. Very and cool. March 4th for the Patreon feed the week after for the free feed. And that's your pick. So maybe this time around, the first five picks will randomly be yours. Maybe so. Um, talk about, you know, in Stand By Me, he talks about Goochers. Oh, yeah. When something strange happened, that was a Goocher. That was a when, Goocher. When we had Drew by five out first. We'll see if it happens. That would be a double Goocher if it goes the other way this time. Yeah. Well, I didn't even think about what a Goocher it was that after my five were chosen, the next five all happened to be yours. That's crazy. <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to jumping into the dead zone. (sighs) Me too, man. I've never seen it. I'm excited. Um, And that means watching all the episodes of the Anthony Michael Hall TV series, The Dead Zone, right? Absolutely. Okay. I'll catch, I'll try to fit that in. (laughs) Well, join us on Patreon for the Halloween 3 commentary, a mailbag Mm -hmm. episode. Um, I'm going to, what Townland song am I going to put on? I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah? Yeah. Will you say the title beforehand, or do you think people will get I, the title as they listen? I think I'll save Bob only because I want to hope on the next episode I'll maybe play another song to promote the album, and hopefully by then there'll You'll be some an Bob news. <laughs> yes, yes. So maybe this time you're going to get Disco Volante, which is uh, in large about Michael Myers. Perfect. It, it's a very oblique, but you know me. All right. Perfect. Okay. I love it. I love it. We'll see you next time, buddy. Bye. Bye. Oh, disco volante basilisco, you're the
For more Gorley and Rust content, head over to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early, plus monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gorley and Rust theme song by me, Matt Gorley, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Ken. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.